No commercials, no subscriptions, no network, no rules, and at the end of the day, my friends, no comparison. Welcome back to the Banal of America Revival, and tonight's guest is a special guest in a lot of ways. In in many ways, you can thank him or blame him for the uh, return of Banal of America, because my friend Steve Berg, who was the guest, uh... We had done Conspiracy Normal like back in February, um, and, and Steve was super encouraging for me to get back on the air. And um, I don't even know if you had mentioned starting a podcast or anything. Then next thing I know, like <laughs> in like June or something, Steve's like, I have a podcast now. And uh, his podcast is called High Strangeness. It's H-I comma strangeness, like high strangeness, which I love as the title because it really captures your – your whole vibe. It's like friendly, <laughs> like I, I'm like, it's like you coming up just like, just walking up to like Bigfoot and being like, hi, strangeness. That so, is true. Yeah. It, that sense of wonder right there in the title. Um, and so Steve started up high strangeness and I was like, well, shit, <laughs> well, what the hell is stopping me? So then I was on Steve's show and he again was super effusive in his praise of an all America, which I really do just really appreciate really kind of like, put a lot of wind in my sails again. Um, and then I'm like, well, what the hell, what am I, what am I doing? I could be, I could be doing this. So, uh, you know, Steve and I got together and he kind of talked me through what, what, how he was doing it. And it was incredibly simple. And it was like, I had this microphone in a closet like for years. So I'm like, Oh, so if I just get that microphone out of my closet, I can be broadcasting again in the, in a modern way without using a telephone. So it was like, Oh, that all came together really easily. Um, and so when I kind of was like, all right, we're doing this, um, I had a list sort of, I have like a, a bunch of different sort of lists. Like one's like a list of like possible new guests, people I've seen over the years. There's another list of like kooky, like real wild card people who are uh, sort of really just like, let's see if we can get this person on the show and see what happens. And then there's the list of like returning friends. And Steve was, I don't want to say you're at the top of the list because the top of the list is someone I got just for you. So it's like Steve wants, like, I think we had talked about it and it'll all come to fruition later. Oh, yeah. But but um, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to put this person at the top of the list because Steve, uh, Steve will love that I can get this one going again. But then right on the number to Steve, I got to get Steve back on because he's responsible for all this in a way. Yeah, so, it's my fault. But, there you go. So with <laughs> all that said, yeah, yeah. So with, with all that said... Um, you may have seen him in Don't Worry Darling, Tag, The Good Place, Bob's Burgers, Drunk History, most particularly the Drunk History. If anyone, if you're a UFO buff and you've seen the Roswell episode, that's Steve's baby, if you will, um, that episode <laughs> of Drunk History. And as I said, he hosts the, the new podcast, High, High Strangeness, High Comma Strangeness. Just put it in your uh, podcast thing. I just did it on my phone. Thank um, you. And and just punch in high comma strangeness, and you'll find it. So, with all that said, welcome back to Banal of America, Steve. It's a great pleasure to have you back on the show. 
Hell yeah, Tim Vinal. What's up, buddy? Uh, dude, first off, thank you. That was, I mean, like, I was genuine. I think uh, I had started bugging you about it at uh, the Strange Realities Conference in Nashville. Mm. You and I woke up in the morning. I think we were getting a continental breakfast. I'm like, dude, get your show back on. What's what's the deal? And yeah. I, it, it was more just like as a selfish thing. As a fan, I'm like, come on, entertain me, monkey. Dance. <laughs> <laughs> I want more. I want more entertainment. So uh, I'm super psyched that you're doing this again, buddy. Like it's it's you know, it's a great show. It's a very important show. So oh, thanks, like, man. for you not to be doing it because also you're such a fun guest and like I can always tell when you're on someone's podcast or you did my show like you were having a ball. So I'm like maybe you should be doing this again. And this is so great. I'm so happy to be on the. You're, you are you calling this the revival? I'm yeah. It's starting to stick. I like it. Stick. I yeah. like it. Well, it's fun to add a little novelty, a little change to, you know, you took a break and calling it 2.0 is so clinical and boring. I, I like yeah. the revival. Yeah. I like the revival. Yeah. I think it's going to stick. So it's good been in the, in the, yeah, I, I keep coming back to it when I start up the show. So I'd like to eventually, we were saying on conspiratorial, more and more shit is to, I haven't even started rolling out the shows yet, but once I do, I'm dedicated to really sticking with the weekly yes. schedule when that happens. So I yeah. don't want to like just stumble into this. So yeah. then uh, over time, more shit will start to come together. Like one day also, oh, the website's back up and uh, updated right. and shit. Right. Uh, oh dude, there's so, yeah, so there's so much stuff little... I have to do for my podcast that like, yeah. I've really been dropping the ball. Like I, I did a, I spoke at a conference this weekend and which is rare for me. It was super fun, but they gave me like a vendor table and I just like, didn't get, I was like, Oh, you know, maybe I'll like make some t-shirts and have some beer koozies. And I just didn't, didn't do anything. I dropped yet. the ball, you know, like, and I was like, what an idiot. You know, <laughs> like, so no, like, no, no. Did you have any no, like, no, no. little cards or anything to, no, I didn't get anything done. Like, honestly, like the thing is like, I, I even told them at the beginning, I was like, well, look, I'm kind of new to this stuff. So I don't really have a book or I don't have, you know, podcast swag right. yet. Right, right, <laughs> so yeah. I just started this, you know, my, my deal like in June, you know, cause the right or the actor strike and the writer strike were happening. I was like, well, I'm going to go, I've been t thinking about doing a podcast, honestly, for like seven years. So yeah. like, I was like, well, I'm on strike. I'm going to go bananas if I don't do anything. So I started up and I'm like having so much fun with it. <laughs> I just love it. Yeah. I, I can I tell. Love I love when we did the show and um, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really pretty amazing. So let's, Thanks, I guess, buddy. since, even though uh, this will be coming out like in a few weeks, let's talk about the Van Meter Mystery sure. Festival because sure. that's where you just you just got back from that. So yeah, yeah, it was it was great. I'll I'll give you guys you know a little tiny you know and to use a a, a commonly used banal phrase a thumbnail picture. There you go. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a little what, thumbnail on. I'll on give I'm gonna I'm gonna give a banal thumbnail really quick. And so okay, so <laughs> in Van Meter Iowa, which is probably like 20 minutes away from. Des Moines, Iowa, which is maybe a place people have heard of. In 1903, this town, tiny town of Van Meter, was like attacked by this kind of pterodactyl-looking creature that had a horn out of its head that would light up like, you know, like a super bright glow. And this creature was like up in the town, man. It was like in the downtown uh this doctor one night, like, you know, saw it on top of the bank. Uh, a I think a, and then I think the banker saw it from the bank. It was, like, using its beak to crawl up a pole. And this thing was, like, nine oh, feet God. tall. Wow. And it came back for, like, a couple different nights. 
And that and people do say they saw a smaller one, like a little baby Van Meter monster. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was in the newspapers. Uh, what, you know, and obviously this is kind of an era where there were a lot of newspaper hoaxes. But most of the time when they were doing newspaper hoaxes back then, they were using fake names, you know, in the newspapers. So, like, you know, yeah, yeah. not to slander real people, which, you, right, you right, know, right. They had that law back then, I think. But um, <laughs> maybe they didn't. <laughs> Who knows? I'm just guessing. At the very least, they didn't want some dude coming down. To the you didn't want to use a real name if you're hoaxing things, you know? <laughs> like, I even know, like, in the there's a Nebraska Lake Monster case that was a hoax, and they used fake names, you know, because they didn't want yeah. to use real Anyways, but when you trace these names, all the names like Mr. Alcott, and I can't remember the other names. I am not a historian on this event mm -hmm. at all. But... All the names checked out. They were you, you. They could go back in the registry and find that all the people they mentioned in these are these articles were definitely real. So that is kind of an interesting thing that makes this compelling. Uh, yeah. Aside from any real evidence, there is none. Like a lot of these stories, but it's just one of those legends that has been around for a long time. And I think because of like some podcasts or probably actually this festival, it has kind of had a resurgence a little bit in the Van Meter visitors. Like. I think having, you know, kind of its cryptological uh, 15 minutes right now. And I'm all about yeah, it because it's sure. a great story. It's a cool-looking creature. It shoots as a horn that lights up. That's neat. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, yeah. There's, like, some drawings, I think, of it. It's kind of mm -hmm. like a pterodactyl-looking kind of thing, but with a horn. Yeah. Yep, and it's, exactly. Yeah, it's, a, it's quite a story. And, it's yeah, it has kind of – I think a book came out, like mm – -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, and then that kind of got the ball rolling, and, and then the festival, like, really took it to another level. Yeah, Ch Chad Lewis, who puts on the festival, wrote kind of the definitive book, I, mm -hmm. in, you know, in my opinion, on the Van Meter Visitor, and it's really great. It goes into great detail. He, like, did – he. I'm a really big big fan of his, but he it, he just does exhaustive research. Like, I feel like – right, right. I'm not sure what more you could do with the story at this point. But right, like, it's really not much you could do. Like, yeah, yeah, it's old. yeah. Right. I mean, there's rumors that there's that they do in the papers talk about them making like a cast of the oh, footprint. Wow. No oh, wow. one knows where that is, so you never know. It could turn up like in some like basement, like you know, oh, cellar, yeah. like one day, you know, like or you know, maybe there's a picture someone got. But you know, I, I think maybe we've gone as far as we can with it, except for you know, the story lives on. And it's pretty fun. Yeah, and sometimes those are like the best kind of stories because mm -hmm. it's like then it becomes immortal. It's like the Jack the Ripper thing. It's like right. really can't do much more with this. But yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, it, it was great, man. Like David Weatherly was there. I got to meet him, and he got him to sign uh, a book for me. I'm a big fan of his. I think he does great work. And yeah, I did a lecture that was about kind of you know a little grab bag of weird Nebraska stories, but it was it was a good one for me, Tim, because. I kind of tried a whole new style. Nice. nice. I have done this like now a handful of times and I'm trying, I think I was trying to be like other people where I'm mm -hmm. like in front of a lectern, you know, like with my slides and giving like a serious presentation. And I realized, I think maybe people ask me to do these things because they want the clown. So right, <laughs> I kind of like mixed in like stand-up bits, like paranormal stand-up bits. And it worked. Nice. It went pretty dang good, man. Like people really laughing. I think they kind of got what they wanted out of me as opposed to like try, you know, I'm not an academic. I haven't written a book. Right. So right. I, I have no. Yeah. Business. They're like, I thought that guy was a comedian. Was yeah. Make me laugh. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, I made it real high energy and just like I was running around sweating up there. Like, 
running in front nice. of project. Yeah, it felt good. I felt like okay, I feel like I found my my act <laughs> in terms yeah. of like because I love talking at these things. Like I I see it as an extension of what I already do for a living. So it's right, just right. I'm actually just talking about stuff I'm more interested in. <laughs> so like I yeah, almost, yeah, yeah. I'm I, as like as like a you know an endeavor. I really want to hopefully get to speak a lot more because I, I I see it as forming like a stand-up act and I would just like to have a few different acts I could take around these things so I enjoy it yeah yeah well I think uh that I think that'll happen so yeah you know it's uh I think you're on you're on your way so Thanks, what man. what made you I guess this kind of extends to the podcast is mm-hmm. more so than the I understand why you want to go to the festival because it's right. pretty awesome and um I think you had gone the previous year just to check it out. So it's yeah, like, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Um, so I guess what made you had always been sort of a, a fan. I don't really like necessarily yeah. like that term. No, you're you right. That's a good, interested that's a... in the, the yeah paranormal. So I guess what made I guess I, you kind of said that with the strike and everything, but you were already you had done some video stuff with yeah. Nebraska, like the high strangeness name you actually had used like right. shortly after Strange Realities, I think, or, or last year's Paramania. So it was uh definitely something in the works. So I guess what made you decide like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get in into the mix here in the, in the paranormal media sphere, if you will. That that's a good, it's a good question, man. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that to be honest, but uh, well, okay. So like I've had the idea to use the name high strangeness for something that I was, you know, like I kind of thought it was going to come in the form of like me putting out like weekly videos that I went out and like, shot and edited but it's really hard to edit videos fast so i have a ton of footage of i've been like traveling around seeing a lot of things like the last three years so i am going to start editing these for like my website and whatnot but the reason i i I, you know and i've been i you know as you know i i think you truly like since you asked me to be on your show what was it like seven years ago the first time it was a while ago now yeah 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 Yeah, i had so much yeah. fun that was kind of a defining moment doing like your show and radio mysterioso greg's show i had just like the most fun doing it because i am one of those guys who really you know like you has just really been intensely interested always reading about it since i was a child and that never went away it only intensified and I just never had people to talk about it with. So I remember when I was on your show, I was just like, blah, 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 you know, just going nuts. Because I'm like, this is so amazing. I can talk to somebody and I don't have to explain myself because you know the same stuff, you know? And it felt like, right, I mean, right. to be honest, it just feels really good to me. I, I, you know, like, and I wanted to do something where I could, you know, get in the mix a little bit and have an excuse yeah. to talk to people like you and, you know, Greg and, you know, John Tenney and all all these people I really look up to and just really admire their work and kind of just do thought experiments live on the air and, you know, ask them questions (laughs) I always want to know. It's, it's, it's really great. I don't see myself like backing off now. I like, because, and also it's, it is different from, it's the same sort of from being like an actor or like a a person in comedy and the respects where it is performative, you know, but one thing I like about this a lot more than what I do for a living is that I mostly just work for corporations. And that's great because, you know, you make decent money and like there is some kind of order to what you're doing. But at the same time, I have very little control over. Right. That's what I thought you were getting. At, yeah. What I'm saying, I'm saying other writers lines, which is great. That is what being an actor is, you know, and I don't really do stand up anymore. So I'm not like out there getting my point of view across, but right. doing this stuff and just getting to kind of, you know, 
think about this stuff and talk to people about what it means, the history of it, what's exciting to us right now, different motifs and patterns we're noticing. Yes, yes. It yes. is so exhilarating for me. Like, in a wow, way, I... and I, to me, it feels like art. It, I don't look at this like, I think some people in these fields who are maybe very serious and make their living in them, in them get kind of upset when people say, like, this is a form of entertainment, too. I, I feel like what I my show is entertainment. Yeah, uh, I want people to be entertained, and I want people right, to learn right, yeah. too. And I feel like your show, one of the reasons I like it like it so much is one I learned. You had great guests. You know volumes about this stuff, but it's also entertaining. I'm laughing. Like I'm interested. It's giving me right, ideas right, exactly, for things. Yeah. You know, like it's entertainment can be thought provoking and. Wonderful, too, and it can come in the form of the paranormal and UFOs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't absolutely. think there's anything wrong with that. You know, some people call it ufo They're just in it for the ufo Well, I guess I am. <laughs> you yeah, know? Like, I mean. I'm not going mean, to figure this stuff out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's like, how are you not entertained? Like, like the Joker. It's like, are you not entertained? Like, how right. are you not entertained by this? This is just wild, weird stuff. This yeah. Is, you know. It, it is, and I think I think whether we know it or not, we all initially, whether it was, you know, you got into it in 2017 or you got into it in 1995 or 1971. I think when you get into UFOs, Fortiana, uh, weird news, ghosts, all this stuff that we love, I think it's originally because you're entertained by it. I know that's the way it was yeah. for me. I yeah. picked up a Billy Meyer picture book as a kid, and I'm like, these UFOs excite me and entertain me. I'm going to read more about this. <laughs> yeah well i as far as like podcasting goes in a way too i i think you kind of see it same way i do it is like a work of art i think mm-hmm. in, a, in a way and i mean i, I maybe like i guess that's I, I would like i would like to think maybe more people should think of it that way more producers in a way because like i find you in my mind like the way the show used to be and the way i hope the revival turns out to be with the seasons it was like i was like putting together an album yeah, and it was like I'm gonna have this, and now I need to kind of change the flavor of what people are yep. hearing because, and, and like by the time these shows start coming out uh, as part of the revival, it's like people will kind of even see that more. It's kind of like okay, well we've gone this, we've done UFOs, now let's fucking go all the way over right. here into right. Chupacabra, right? And then we'll swing down there and do like this famous haunting case or whatever. Yep. It's like you're kind of putting together. There's a creativity there. Mm-hmm. In just sort of like putting together that playlist. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. At least all I can say personally, it feels very creative to me. Yeah, you know, sure. but I I also feel that way about cooking. I feel like you know, cooking is just art you get to eat, which is wonderful. It's like painting, you know. <laughs> so it's like I, I I think maybe you know I could be accused of infusing art into like daily life maybe too much or all the time but like what's wrong with that i, I mean like yeah, i think approaching yeah. things with an artistic way is like a fun way to go through life man <laughs> yeah exactly yeah can't be yeah it sounds healthier actually right you know some like, other ways to do it yeah now have you uh like kutch and i were talking about about you and this and right sort of, cause when we were at paramania we were like um we were like, and I actually have a text from Cutch today because he was like, I'm so excited about Strange Realities. So Steve and I will be at Strange Realities Conference. I hope that this show is on the air by then. Yes. We'll still pl- plug it at the Oh, end. it better be on the, the thing. Come on. I know. If I haven't put out sh- this shit by November. I'll be on you. I'll be on you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because you're like, dude, you take the show. You just put it out now. So yeah. as luck would have it, the adorable Adam Sane has actually sent us 
an audio commercial for the Strange Realities Conference. So let's roll that now so folks can get a little more information about the big event down in Nashville the first weekend in November. Looking for something to do after Halloween is over? Are you into the strange, bizarre, and unusual? On November 3rd, 4th, and 5th, the Strange Realities Conference is coming back to Nashville, Tennessee, and streaming online. Come join us for three days exploring mysteries, supernatural, the occult, weird history, and more. Featuring lectures, presentations, and workshops by Tim Banal, Zach Hunt, Loveland Vance, Bryn Collier, Tobias Whalen, Brent Rain, Joshua Cutchin, Kiki Dombrowski, Recluse, Nathan Isaac, Christopher Ernst, Aaron Gullius, David Metcalf, Timothy Renner, Mallory Samwitzki, Soraya Azkap, and special guest Steve Berg as your Master of Ceremonies. Make sure to join us for the fun and informative weekend online and at SIR Nashville November 3rd and 4th and online only November 5th. Tickets are available at strangerealitiesconference.com. Cutch was like, we, we, we at all three prior meetings, Cutch was like, I, I kind of, he's like, something's kind of off here. He's like, I, I feel like, he's like, I feel like we, we're missing that sense of wonder that Steve <laughs> brought, that, that sort of joy de vivre, that yeah. sort of like, because we were all kind of, I felt like we were all kind of a little more cynical than, than usual. And I guess that's the segue into the question where, where it's like, now that you're kind of in the mix and not just on the other side of the velvet rope watching right. from the audience, which is fine for mm-hmm. people that, you know, but now that you're kind of in the mix, ha- ha- have you, it's great to see you haven't grown cynical yet about a lot of this stuff. How do you maintain that sense of wonder, I guess, is, is the question, especially because just because you've only been doing the podcast for a little while, it's not like you haven't been a fan of this stuff for a long, long time. Oh, yeah. I've been a fan. Yeah. I've been a fan of this stuff for like, 20 years plus or whatever. So yeah, it's yeah. like, I've grown cynical. So how do mm-hmm. you maintain that sense of wonder about the paranormal that is, that, you know, that is so evident with you? Oh, you're asking very interesting questions that I haven't been asked before, and I love it. Okay, so that is a great question. Um, I can tell you pretty easily, I will get tired of things when they become boring to me, but I am lucky. I feel so lucky, and I believe you're the sort of the same way, where I am such an all-purpose weirdo. That like if when you know right now UFOs are UFOs are like my first love. It's probably what I know right, right. historically about the most, right? But mm-hmm. right now they're at an all time low for me. Like I'm just right. yeah, yeah. They're so dominated, and I feel like it's maybe just me being like a UFO hipster. But the disclosure stuff and like the mainstream ufology is just it's too much for me. Like I'm just so bored. It's feels very recycled and like the same narratives that bored me to begin with are what's on the table right now. And it's just not for me. So I will move on to another area, you know, and like, and like, you know, lately I've been like reading about weird locations that are like supposedly enchanted and odd and have a lot of hauntings, poltergeist lights in the sky in the Midwest. And I will like read the hit. Then I start reading the Like last night I was reading about the history of Buck Creek Valley in eastern Kansas because I read this blog by this woman who wrote about it and a weird experience. But, like, there's just so much. I'll never run out of things to be interested in. And also, yeah. I feel like what is great about these times is that, speaking of Josh Cutchin, I remember I myself – I've always loved Bigfoot, right? But Bigfoot had kind of been pretty far on the back burner 
until Josh Cutchin and Timothy Renner wrote their uh, were the footprints and books. Right. And right. I got so into Bigfoot again, <laughs> like so into Bigfoot, so much so where I'm like investigating local Bigfoot sightings when you know whenever I had the chance and like yeah. trying to document yeah. the Bigfoot history in the state of Nebraska. So that I owe to. I think there's great work coming out. And Josh is a prime example. I, I know I talk yeah. about him a lot. You know, I mean, he's obviously our friend, but yeah, credit where credit is due, man. This guy uses comparative analysis as good as anyone I've ever seen right, in my right. entire life. And to when you do, when you're able to do that, it's one of the things I think we can learn from. Because doing that, Josh has taught me how to ask better questions. And I know, like, you know, you know, Valet and Keel were doing the same sort of analysis, but I feel like we kind of read Keel, we read Valet, we got their points, and then we've just lived with them. But then Josh right. came around and was like, I'm going to take the football down another 10, 15, 20 yards. And yeah. so there's, there, and, you know, and not just him, there's other really great work coming out. I think, you know, yeah. our mutual friend AP Strange, his articles, he yeah, has he got has a, some really, yeah, he's got yeah. a real good eye for like, for the strange, no. He he that. does, and he's got a really kind of unique, original voice and take on it, and I love the way his brain works. And I've like, it's really influenced, and I've you know become fairly good buddies with him just because I started bugging him and asking him questions. I'm like, I find I find he he's he's read volumes of volumes of books. I mean, yeah, way more yeah, than yeah. I have, you know. Like, but he he just has a really he's a good writer, and he really knows how to like put a fresh spin on some of these you know, cases that we feel are dead. So yeah. I'm, my, my highest comment is dead. But I'm forgetting a lot of other people too. They're, but it, I think it's a really good time in terms of new thinking, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. For, uh, probably better than it ever has been. So I think there's more good going on right now than bad. But like, Yeah, it, I think so. You know, I think, so. I, I think maybe the – I think maybe what you're talking about with UFOs in a way has kind of had a – almost a – a sweeping sort of effect too on a lot of us who yeah. were interested in like we all like UFOs. Oh like, yeah, we all we all love UFOs. But yeah. it's like it's like we kind of like like UFOs right now is like an X or something. It's like I gotta just go as far away from that and yeah. see. And I think a lot of people are like that. I think that might be why you're seeing sort of an interesting churning of ideas because right. people are like, well, I don't want anything to fucking do with UFOs. So what am I gonna what else is interesting? And it's yeah. like we're finding a lot of other interesting stuff. Yeah, and I, I, I do – I wonder if part of the annoyance is, you know, because I, I, I do think about this. Like why would – like if I don't like this disclosure stuff, just ignore it. Well, I, I can't keep, help but like check it on it every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, can't, because, you can't ignore it. You know, you, a train wreck's fun to look at. But um, <laughs> that's such a mean thing to say. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. <laughs> but no, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> but uh, like – Old cases still excite me. And I, I think that's a lot A lot of the reason I feel like maybe some of us are kind of like so disillusioned with current UFOs is because the history of ufology has seemed to – is like disappearing. It's like they're right, only right. talking about 21st century cases and stuff. Yeah. And to me, I'm like, okay, cool. But like military military UFO cases you know, have always been the most boring to me. Right, because right. I'm always most suspicious. And of that's them. what this is all about. That's yeah. what this is all about. It's yes, like, I think yeah. that's it, kind of. Yeah. So, yeah, so the, I am the, jaded, but like, but my 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 solution, my trick for that is to like 
you know, when UFOs jade me, maybe, you know, I'll learn about like palm reading or, you know, like yeah, start yeah. reading about something else super weird and then I get excited again. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's how I ended up wandering around with a bunch of flat earthers, kind of the yeah. same thing where I'm like, I need, I've done it all. I need to find something, some new oh. terrain to explore. And then next thing you know, I'm, uh, you know, about to get beat up at a flat earth convention. <laughs> I love it though. Like, you know, that's the spirit of that, Tim, is what your show has always uniquely done for me and no one no one does it like you do because you if you look at the like you know i mean obviously i'm like a boa historian at this point but i know it's great the <laughs> way the the variety of shows like you you've had so many guests on that you never heard from again out in the, in the right, world. Right. they appeared on banal <clears throat> excuse me they had something super wild to say and it was a great two hours and then you never hear like they never existed and that's yeah, yeah. so fun because i mean i just remember uh, you know the mediating horses i referenced that one a lot but there's so many like even a guy like bruce rucks yeah, right yeah i love the tradition i usually make my stuffing on tuesday <laughs> and you're always nice enough to release it like a couple days before thanksgiving and it's like a tradition i put it on in my kitchen listen to you and bruce rucks <laughs> do your annual thing and to me it's like oh god that, that it's like infused in my holiday nostalgia now. Well, thank you. I'm I'm almost speechless here with that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, well, we'll have a good one this year. We'll be all it'll be part of the revival. So. Oh man, I'm excited. Now you've got me really leaning into revival. So. <laughs> it sounds good, and it would look good on a t-shirt. It's a good-looking word because V's are attractive to the eye. I'm I'm declaring right now. There's I have no. Scientific well, you evidence. just came back from the Van Meter mystery. But. There you go. If, if these are nice. It's just like they always say, K words are funny. Yeah. In comedy, I was yeah, yeah, they'd always say, K words are funny, but I never So, beyond the Van Meter story, I, hmm? what did you take away from the, because I was, I kind of, I was just at a festival, the same, I don't know what the fuck is the deal with this past weekend, but there were like, at least four festivals all over the country, different paranormal festivals. There were. I noticed that, too. <clears throat> um, if I'm, I'm, I would be willing to bet there was a half dozen to eight. Plus. Well, the Van Meter one occurs on, you know, the incident happened on the 28th, so they always do it the, the, ah, okay. as close to the the Saturday closest to when it happened. Did Whitehall? Because you were at Whitehall this weekend, right? Right, right. Now, there's no particular, I don't think, significance to yeah. the uh, date of Whitehall. Paul Bartholomew would know, but it's more right. just like, uh, it just kind of sprung up like as a sort of end of September festival. But now they've like locked it in pretty much. And, well, it's a uh, great time of year, typically. You know, so I, I, would, yeah, I, 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 I haven't been to the East Coast where you live that much, but like I picture it. It's kind of one of those classic fall places. I just imagine like a. It seems like a great time of year for a Bigfoot festival, especially Whitehall. What I love the Whitehall case. Oh my God, it's the best. Well, it's so really great. funny because I was like thinking of you this weekend because we were both in at paranormal festivals and it was mm -hmm. like I just it, I wish we could do like a Freaky Friday thing. We're like, okay, <laughs> now like just tag me in. We'll switch places and so you can kind of see where I'm at and I can see where yeah. you're at and. And, um, yeah, it was just crazy. But, yeah, so I guess what was your – what was sort of the mood of the festival? What was it like with the people? What was it – because, like, right. I, I would assume, you know, you maybe had a few people that, like, actually were, like, emotionally invested in the Van Meter case. But the rest right. were, like, people who were like, well, what is this? Or I assume sort of crypto fans from around the country. I think it's starting to become yeah. a draw. It, 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 dude, you're right. This year – 
Okay, so last year was very well attended, right? It it it, it uh it was there's a ton of people there. It was like really good. This year was bigger. It was like yeah. I'm not even joking. There was like people standing up. It was the most people I've ever lectured to. I was like wow. kind of when I watched, I saw I, I was like I was kind of in my head thinking like oh maybe I'm, I hope there'll be like 30, 35 people there. That would be a great turnout, you know, for a lecture. Yeah, there was a lot, <laughs> and I was like, oh wow, like right. and they were energetic and they were ready, man. Like I mean like. It was it was probably the best audience I've ever like done a lecture for, and they were ready to kind of like laugh and I think like I don't know the mood was amazing. The vendors I think did really well. Like I know they were just selling tons of books. Right. People were coming from you know Omaha where I'm from. They were coming from Chicago, Minneapolis. So a lot of wow. like kind of the bigger cities yeah, in the yeah, Midwest. Yeah. You know we're talking about like, cities that are a few million people. They were driving all the way to Va- small town Van Meter, Iowa, nice. to go to this thing. So I think they're they're becoming like, and you can even tell like you know growing up I went to a lot of these and it was all old people, which is great. I there's nothing right, wrong with right. that obviously. And I think when you go to like a big UFO convention, it's a lot of sixty and up, and that's yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying anything is wrong. With we're that. on our way there. I know, I know. That's why I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm guarding my words, but like. There were tons of young people at this thing. Awesome. Yeah, with, like, I got friends, that, I, I and they road trips. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, this is the best. And I got to talk to a lot of them, and they were just jazzed to be there, man. They're making, like, a little, like, long weekend vacation. I was like, you guys are doing it right. Like, a lot of people were going to go out ghost hunting, where the nice. Van Meter visitor supposedly, like, you know, was buried in the mine. I'm like, right on. Go for it. Nice. Yeah. What did people, like – what did people want to talk to you about? I guess kind of like what, what was on people's minds, uh, right? You know, uh, any interesting the, conversations you had? I I did. I had a ton. I stuck around there for a long time and like you know saw lectures and really tried to. Cause I feel like when you speak of these things, part of the deal is you should make yourself available to talk to right, people. Right. Yeah. I, I just believe in that. But um, a lot. You know, there was a lot of people who kind of you know had questions about my acting career. And like, why am I here? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like it's weird. Well, so you're an actor, but why are you doing this? I was like, oh, I just, and then I would kind of explain myself. And then some people came up and, you know, we're talking about my podcast. And then some people were just, you know, telling me their stories about weird Nebraska, which yeah, was great. Yeah. I actually had to run to my car to pull my notebook out and like get content I information. Bet, yeah. So I got some great stories. Someone was telling me about the legend of the corn wolves. And I had never oh. heard about it. And then I actually did some digging. And sure enough, there's like a, this folklore about wolf, like wolf, giant wolf apparitions in cornfields. And Whoa. supposedly in the York and Aurora era, area in Nebraska, there's quite a bit of these sightings. And like wow. this lore goes back decades. So I'm, I'm going to have a meeting with this guy who told me about it. And he's going to get me a number for his father. So, who actually, I think, saw one of these things when what? he was a kid. So, oh, my God. I know. So, like, I mean, to me, just, like, getting some of these stories, because, you know, one of my, like, hobbies and projects I'm always working on is to document every weird thing, folkloric or mythologic, that's happened in Nebraska, especially eastern yeah. Nebraska, just because no one's really done it, and I feel like it's important that these Yeah, stories... you're taking up the mantle of, like... Trying... Okay. I don't want to say being the Nebraska guy, but yeah, I mean it's, it's yeah that's necessary. I mean, it's well, it's it's it, it like I mean, I, look, dude, I can't turn around without bumping into some fucking paranormal expert up here who yeah. they own Massachusetts. Yeah. It's like oh Jesus, you're in a heavy um, market. You're in a heavy market. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. Yeah, I don't have, I, I mean, and I don't look at, it, there are some other researchers here who I do work with, and we share, and I am happy right, to right. share things. I'm not like proprietary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wish there was more of us so I would have a little help. So but, there would be. <laughs> you know, it would be, it would be so great. Uh, um, yeah, it, it, it's just one of these things. I lose sleep over the idea of like these old UFO cases and big reports and, you know, hauntings and, just all around weird stuff being lost because so many of the people who are holding this information are like 80 years old. Ah, and I'm so, so I'm, I'm trying to help them find a safe place for it. And yeah, yeah. It's just important to me. And I feel like, you know, gosh, if it's something we all can do is like, you know, we can't like figure out the phenomenon, but we can preserve these stories. Cause if you put all these stories together, we'll ask better questions and we'll know more about it. And exactly. Yeah. Stories are important, you know, so are these like dogmen, or are they like uh, more just they're hell? I think more hell heavy. They're like apparitional, so they think they have like a ghostly vibe about them. But they're big. Wow. They say they're very big, right. and like it sounds to me on a surface like it's a story parents tell, like farm parents tell their farm kids, yeah, so they didn't go messing around the cornfields, which it makes which is totally great. But like. Obviously, like, well, I'm going to look into what are, what's the reality behind this folklore. Is there any? But, like, just the story alone that I was able to, like, discover this by meeting someone out with these things, uh, man, that's everything for me. I, I was just, like, I had goosebumps. I was so happy. And I got a yeah. couple more, too, so. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, well, I noticed I, – I, I'm down with what you're saying about young people, and, and I think, yeah, there's a certain – I, I think even though we are bemoaning sort of the current state of ufology, it's like, in a way, it's like the rising tide does lift all ships. And, it does. And ev- the paranormal is, like, really popular now. Mm-hmm. And and I think in a lot of ways for, like, especially people who are, kind of, like we said, who are kind of jaded about the UFOs now that they're moving over to this other stuff. And that kind yeah. of lifts it up that way and just general interest in, you know, the proceedings. And I, I've noticed it seems like cryptozoology has a certain young – yeah. Demographic. Yep. I can't quite put my finger on it, but like young, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I feel old. So it's like everyone. <laughs> no, <laughs> dude, like, I, I, I think. 20-something peak, like cool, like, I don't want to say hipsters, but like crypto hipsters, if that's a, you know what I well, mean? Yeah, like, dude, I know what you mean. There is, I think, gosh, I think people are, one, I, I have heard this from multiple young people, right? I, I think yeah. just because I, you know, working, you know, Hollywood or whatever, I, I still work with a lot of young people who are like, you know, 10 years, 15 years younger than me. And they always say this thing to me that makes me so sad. And that's that they've been priced out of fun. They can't oh, afford wow. to go to see concerts anymore because right, right. Ticketmaster charges a $40 <laughs> service fee. Yeah, for yeah, she, yeah. You know, like they can't like afford to go out to dinner. Like economically, people are really struggling. So it, it, these, I think these small, like, the, you know what the, how much the ticket was for this Van Meter thing? It was three dollars. What? It was three I was bucks. Say Thirty bucks. Wow. Dude, I, I was shocked, and I was like, part of me is like, I wish you would charge a little more, so just so you know, like, <laughs> so you guys. I, I, but they seem to be fine with it, and uh, but I think these things are attractive one because they're really interesting. Folklore. Anyone will enjoy folklore in these stories. Once, once they actually give it like a chance to hear it. Yeah, I yeah. think this these stories are exciting and they're innate to humans to be interested. I think humans are just like right, right. innately interested in this stuff. You know, like well, it evoke a sense of wonder. It like, does evoke that sense of it's a it's a mystery or it's like yeah, you know, 
Yeah, I think mystery too. Like it's funny. I, I mentioned this in my lecture, and I talk about this a lot. That I don't believe we'll probably ever get an answer to any of these topics that we love talking about. I really don't. Like I, I just right. That's not. I, that stopped being what it's about for me like ten years ago. The mystery t- is what gets me up in the morning and makes me yeah constantly want to look into this stuff because it's so entertaining and fun. And I learn a lot. Like I know so much about like just American history in general because right, of UFO right, right. books. Because a lot of times, you know, you if when you're into the paranormal and UFOs and this stuff, at a certain point, you're going to need to read books about philosophy and, yeah, yeah. you know, ancient history in Mongolia and, like, you know, about Arabian mystics and yeah, yeah. different world religions <laughs> in yeah. order to understand UFOs better. I don't think that ever would have happened had I had this interest in this stuff. I think I probably would be selling life – no offense to life insurance salesmen, but, like, I would be doing something very different in my life, and I'd – don't think I would be very well read. <laughs> I think it's my sense of wonder and mystery about these topics that just like keeps me curious about life. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it's also like uh, not with you per se, but it's like you see how hot true crime is. They 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 both are kind of in a way mm-hmm. mystery, especially unsolved. Yeah, of course. Crime. It's like there, there's a certain. I just wonder if there's like this innate curiosity in yeah. people nowadays. Maybe because we can get the answer to like most anything right within a moment yeah that's a good point it's like so what else is there to try and figure out or what else what else don't we know in a sense yeah that's so true like the only like the great mysteries we have left are like what happens to us when we die what if there was a big bang what happened what was going on before that and what are ufos and what are bigfoot (laughs) you know like right right. it's like aside from that we, we know too much or we know absolutely well, nothing. Well, I also mean just the accessibility of the information, yes. where it's like, you know, back maybe back in the day, people, not back in the day, being the fucking 80s. I know. Or the, <laughs> or the 70s or whatever. People, like, would be, there'd be more, like, people would be really into, like, something like Egypt or whatever, but yep. they would read a ton of books, but they couldn't, like, but now it's just like, if you want to know about Egypt, you can get it all on the thing, on your yeah, phone. Like, exactly. You can spend, so, and before it was like, you kind of had to really dig into it on your own in a way. Now yep. it's like all that information out there. So maybe that's kind of fueling some of that innate curiosity in people with mysteries and true crime and just sort of anything unsolved. It's like, what else is there yeah. that we don't quite, that I can't quite wrap my mind around? Cause I can I mean, figure out Egypt. I already, <laughs> I, can look it, it up. I, I think you're really onto something, man. I mean, imagine this world, let's say like, you know, in 20 years, like we have the highest form of AI, and there's a version of this AI that can answer every question, so there's literally no mystery. Oh, no God. mystery at all. It'll tell you what happens after we die, you know, it'll like right, predict right. everything to a T. I mean, like, I feel like we'd cease to exist as humans, you know, like, <laughs> like you know, mystery is important, and the more the better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, who knows? Yeah, I don't know how, yeah, that would be kind of terrifying. It would be terrifying. Uh, yeah. It's kind it of a good like, premise for a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, well, it's just it's interesting nowadays. It is. I've I've kind of noticed um, when I got into this that it was it was sort of there was more of a enmeshing of of the groups, and now I feel yeah. like maybe it's kind of moving a little bit apart because like the UFO people are so wrapped up in their UFOs. It used yeah. to be like you know 
they would kind of be interested in this. And sort of people in the different fields would kind of like mix and match and do different uh-huh. stuff. And there still are people that's most of my friends still are kind of doing that. But I think yeah. as an overall trend, it feels like maybe that's not the case as much anymore because people are super wrapped up in the UFO thing and then people get sort of siloed off. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Like, I, I, I think it's so hard for me. It's hard for me to imagine just because I have never – I've even like, you know, I say like, you know, UFOs are kind of my, the thing I probably know historically the most about. Right. I am so interested in all of it though. Like it's, mm. I, it, to me, like they're all inextricably linked. Right. So right. when you people like, when people say like, I'm only really into the ghost stuff. I'm like, really? I don't like, know how, how is that possible? Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, what's really weird. If you ever like talk to one of those people who are like just super focused on one thing, uh-huh. it's just amazing how siloed off they are or yeah. like they don't know even that you know they're like i'm super into ghosts and it's like well, what about ufo somehow like you know you know stan Friedman? no never or yeah whatever it's like they don't know anything about any of that shit no and, and nor do they care and they're probably a little bit like like mad that it may be like you know, making what their field is like UFOs and right, Friedman, right. like look a little less like legitimate but like i, I look for me like if you're looking for like a legitimate podcast or a legitimate, le- I mean, I am nothing but unlegitimate, <laughs> illegitimate. You right, know? Right. Like yeah. I, you know, like I, I, I mean, like while I love the academic study of UFOs, like you know Jacques Vallée, for example, and some, you know, a lot of other people, and Alan Hynek, you know, John Mack, blah blah blah. I love their work, but I also think stuff like Mac Tony's. Tony's was right, saying right. is just as important. And he was just a guy who worked at a coffee shop who happened to be brilliant. You know, like, right, right. I don't think you need to be an academic or a scientist to offer really like groundbreaking ideas. And, you know, yeah. Like I think a guy that you were friends with, you know, who I, I wish I would have been friends with him. Cause I would have loved to have talked to him. It's Jeff Ritzman. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you and I know you and Jeff were close for a long time and going way back. And I think, Still to this day, he is one of the most interesting people yeah. to talk about the way he talked about his experiences and then even kind of, you know, was skeptical of himself. But like, I, I think he was just absolutely wonderful and a one of a kind, true original. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I really miss him and I didn't know him, you know, like. Yeah, which we, yeah, we all miss him a lot. I, yeah. I, I, when when his name comes up, yeah, I think about it. We used to talk not often, but like once, couple, two or three times a year, probably. Right. And but we, these would be like hours long conversations. Yeah. Um. And yeah, he was a really good dude. He he contributed yeah. a lot of good to the community because he didn't really take any shit and didn't really suffer fools and would call no. people out. Like I'm not really one to call people out because it's just no. not my style. But he he did it in a way where like. I can't recall any particular time where I was like, where I thought he was in the wrong. Like he was almost, I, I, I would almost say always was yeah. <laughs> like, I, yeah. he was in the right when he would be like, this is, this is bullshit because of this, that, and the other thing. And it was like, yep. okay, that makes sense. You know, that makes yep. sense. Yeah. He, he, he wasn't he, afraid to step on toes. Yeah. And he did it in a way where it wasn't like overly dickish, you know, where he's right. trying to like shame someone on his show, which because I have heard people call people out like on their podcast where I'm not going to oh, ask, God. you know, I'm going to get you on my podcast. And I'm like, even if they deserve it, 
I'm not into sh- public shaming people at all. I right, find it. Right. I find it like it's not. It's not very constructive. I think it only makes the person who may have some kind of shaming problem want to do it more. I mean, like you know, it, it's just. It's yeah. not. It's not cool, man. <laughs> like it's just you know. Right. right. Do that out there, but imagine. Jeff did it in yeah. a classy way where he was right. just reframing the question, saying like, well, "I need you to explain that a little further." That's a pretty big claim, you know. Like. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I learned a lot from that guy. Yeah, he's we miss him a lot. We all do. Um, Well, it's tough. I don't know if you've noticed this. Maybe I suppose as an actor, kind of your field also has this. I wouldn't. I don't problem, but (laughs) this problem of people dying. Yeah, Um, yeah. And it's like really, it it's you kind of have to grow accustomed to it if you're going to be in this for a long time. Um, and I mean, like I've only really been in the paranormal, so I don't, couldn't say I wasn't like, I wasn't a, um, I didn't work in a car factory for right. five years or, uh, well, look, I was a janitor and I think like yeah. one dude, one dude died over like the five years I fucking worked there. So right. Right. <laughs> with the paranormal, it's like, and of course there's way more people like prominent people in the paranormal. And, um, I think in part also because a lot of people got into it when they were older, but there's plenty of young people. With it. Mm-hmm. it seems like there's a lot of deaths and it kind of can weigh on you after a while. Uh, you just kind of, yeah. Roll it, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's like, you know, well, we're at that weird age, man. Cause we're like, you know, lower gen X. And so like a lot of the people we grew up reading or watching in films, yeah, they were like our age now, you know, like, and right. so, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, just, you know, like, you know, like I've lost friends too, who are like in the entertainment business and it's terrible, you know, like yeah. and it's, it's so sad and some of them die too young, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things. I don't think, you know, a qu- the quality of life is necessarily the quantity of life. And a lot of these people right, right. burned really bright, left a really nice imprint. And then, you know, like, you know, they're onto the next adventure. But yeah, I, I do feel you, man. Like I didn't know Ken Thomas. I knew him through like right, your, right. your show and Greg's show, and but really thinking that guy contributed a lot to you know the parapolitical world. And I was bummed out when I found out he died, man. You know, one because I knew he, you, you guys were friends with them, but two, like, yeah, it's just sad, you know. Like, and it's it's part of it, man. Especially you know yeah. when you're when you have like when you're lucky enough to be in a community like this stuff. It's like the more people you know, well. Right, exactly. You yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's dang yeah. it. I know. You and I, I are. Gonna, we're going to solve the whole death problem, though, Tim. Just give us five years, folks. <laughs> like, yeah, this, yeah. This, the problem of death. We need a grant, um, small grant. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I think the Ken Thomas thing had me kind of thinking about that. And, yeah, you know, I'm yeah, sure. And, I'm, and I'm, Jeff I'm Ritzman, so, and yeah, like it's yeah. yeah. So it's just it's a main it's. Kind of just crazy. It's just kind of crazy in a way. You should do because I feel like you'd be the best person to do it. And I'm not telling you what you should do. I, I, I'll rephrase this. I, I think. And well, I, that's I, how we ended up talking tonight. So yeah, that's true. Hard. But but if anyone were to do this, I would want it to be you. And it's an in like because I know you do like a January like uh, year review with yeah. Greg Greg Bishop, which I love. It, you may want to do a pre-recorded in memorandum like they do in the Oscars. Oh. Like, uh, you know, like of the people we lost this year in the field, like, you know, in a serious way, respectful way. I think I would, I would want to hear it from Tim Banal. There you go. All right. Yeah. Well, we do, we do touch on a few of the people that we knew. I guess you That's do. That's the yeah, crazy yeah. part. Like at the end of the year, every year we're like, 
here's three or four people that we do. And yeah, it's like, that's so crazy. Um, yeah. But it is the nature of, there are like, you know, there's tons of people in the paranormal. So it's yeah. not like yeah. huge. Um, so it is like actors in a way. It's Look, like we, every we, year you're gonna lose like three or four or five prominent yeah, actors. You're musicians like, oh, too, like mu- yeah. musicians, musicians get me. Yeah. Oh, man, it's tough. And like somebody, my, I, I have a lot of musicians I love. They're old, and I'm like, please. Right, right. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, you're all. Yeah, it's like having a. It's like a grandparent. You're like, I know. It's like Bob Dylan. I'm always like, <laughs> Take care, you buddy. okay? I know. Yeah. God. Don't fall, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he's, but he's still he's rocking, man. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. He's out there playing all the time. Well, you know, Ken Thomas died, and, like, the next day, there was an article that Dylan, like, did some – Ken Thomas is a huge Dylan fan, yeah. and it was, like, Bob Dylan does shocking fucking four-set, four-song set at yeah. Live Aid yeah. um, of songs that he hadn't done in, like, 30 years and didn't say a word, just went out and played four songs and fucking got off the stage, and it was, like – I don't know. I mean, it kind of made me think. I'm like, maybe Ken Thomas somehow said something to do with that. Maybe he wants to go to the show, you know, so he, uh, you know, projected his spirit. He, like, put the idea in his head where he was like, you know, like, well, what do you want? Now you're up here. And he's like, well, I really want to see Dylan, like, play something. Like, all right, we'll we'll make it happen. That's poetic and beautiful. I like to think that's true. Yeah. So, now... Well, you're documenting Weird Nebraska. How... Oh, wait, no, I don't want to... Mm -hmm. Yeah, please. On Conspiracy Normal the other night, you said something that really got me got me all hot and bothered. Oh, ooh, 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 I like you it. Said you, were, you said you were you've taken a recent keen interest in urban Bigfoot. Yes. Cases. Yes. Well, I, just from your the, your yes is is my as my mind right now. So like, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, we, I think people can put two and two together as far as what an urban Bigfoot case is. But tell me about these. Well, okay. So there, I mean, like you know, and I I have. When I say I'm into it, these, it, I'm mostly excited about it because I hear there and like look these are these cases that I'm talking about are not on the BFRO, which is like the MUFON right. of the Bigfoot world. Which I lo- I love the reportage, but like there's just like not even like ninety percent or like you know like ten percent of the cases I've heard about are actually on that from Nebraska. Anyway. Uh, so there's an area called Bellevue, Nebraska, and it really is basically a suburb of Omaha. Like I live pretty close to downtown Omaha. I live, you know, live like in the city city and I can be in Bellevue in 10 minutes. So it's not really like a separate small town, but going back to the seventies and there's three actual cases in the, in the BFRO that are very compelling cases of Bigfoot encounters in Bellevue. Now it is kind of, it it is like they have like, you know, neighborhoods, it's like suburbia, but it is very wooded and it is right along the Missouri river, which if you know anything about Nebraska weirdness, 90% of it happens along from the Northeast Omaha, all the way down to Southwest or or Southeast Omaha. It really is where the the most weirdness has, I, I have found documented. But there has been these these wonderful, compelling cases of Bigfoot in Bellevue, Nebraska. And what is really interesting, Tim, about I want to say a year about a year ago, today, last year, I I had this habit of when I have some free time in the yeah. afternoon. Sometimes I'll crack open an IPA, sit outside of my porch. I'll take my <laughs> computer out there and I'll call state parks. And oh, I. I will. I will call state parks. <laughs> I'll call game wardens and I'll ask about weird things or I'll follow up. I go, Hey, this thing was reported in this area. Did you hear about this? Most of the time they basically tell me like, 
please hang up the phone, crazy person. <laughs> but yeah. but, this, it, but really, actually, people are mostly pretty nice, and they're just like, well, I haven't yeah, heard anything. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll take your email down if we ever right, do. Right. You know, they never do. But yeah. anyway, there is a really beautiful forest preserve called Fontenot Forest. And I grew up going there as a kid on field trips. It's gorgeous, like just beautiful woods, really nice trails right along the Missouri River. So I called them. I'm like, oh, I should call Final Forest and see, you know, because there's been big I, – I know of three reports, you know, in the last 20 oh, years wow. around there. So I should call them. And the <clears throat> this nice, sweet old lady answered the phone. And I was like, well, hello, ma'am. You know, I'm a writer from Omaha, Nebraska. And I'm just kind of asking, since there were a handful of Bigfoot reports in this area, I'm not sure if you were aware of that. Uh, I was wondering if anyone's <laughs> ever reported Bigfoot that you know of at Final Forest. And she goes, well – you know what's crazy? About two months ago, this older gentleman who had been coming into the park, he was now a retired lawyer. He had been coming to the park for 25 years. He had the annual membership, and he would come and photograph birds, you know, in, in the spring, in the summer, in the fall. And he would just do other nature photography. And I think he would, like, even sell it, like, you know, like locally in town. Anyway, this old man who is now, she's and she has said he was an older man who's retired, so – you know, picture that of what you will. But he came into the front desk and told the, 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 she was not working at the time, her colleague and another ranger there that he saw a, like a giant man covered in fur, did not use the word Bigfoot, that was holding a log down the, by the Missouri River. And he wow. said it was like, he said it was extremely tall and scary. And wow. then the man was like, he was like shaking and he was like, you know, shivering with fear and he said i will never come back here ever again but i thought you should know this and the lady wow. said that she's a lady said that happened two months ago and he had not been back since and he used to come wow. there four days a week so wow. that's I'm crazy man and that's like 10 minutes from my house i'm like what is happening i live like you know omaha's not new york city but there's like over a million people here it's like a city yeah. city you know like and i'm like how is that possible so another, a couple other things there has now, been. Now, let me ask you. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I yes. don't know if she would have, but did you ask for the guy's name? I did. And she okay, said yeah. she didn't know because she didn't take the report. It, it right. was her colleague. I left my name, my information. And if he ever she, comes back. Yeah. The, the funny <laughs> thing is we ended up talking for like 30 minutes and she goes, well, I grew up actually, I'm from Minneapolis or St. Paul, Minnesota. And my house was haunted. She's like, if you want, I can, I can. <laughs> I can, she said, if you want, I can email you the story. I'll write it up when I get, like, over the weekend. I'm like, sure. So she emailed me her ghost story. You know, That's I was awesome. like, it's so great. You know, people, I, I, I talk to a lot of historians in yeah. Nebraska and librarians, and they, it's absolutely the most beautiful thing. They bend over backwards oh, yeah, to help yeah. me out with this stuff. I have my name is, like, in every small town library in Nebraska. <laughs> like, if you hear anything or, you know, find this article that I'm looking for, but it's it's truly amazing how people who don't like they may not be aware that they're interested in this stuff, but yeah. when you present a story that is potentially where they're from, like this may have happened, or here's a story that's crazy, they're immediately interested. I have found that to be the case every time. So like yeah, so I I you know, and I've had it just by cold calling as I call it, I cold call state this is parks. Fascinating. I'm, and, yeah, it, it I'm, is. I'm, and, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to start 
<laughs> tomorrow. Do Dude, you yeah. should. I mean, like, I also, I called this guy named Bob Sutter, who actually, and you posted this article years ago, I believe, but, you know, Harriet McFeely, our, uh, right. we love her. She yes. uh, owns the Nebraska, in Hastings, Nebraska, the Big, Bigfoot Museum. Bigfoot Museum. Anyways, there was this story that kind of went, like, it actually, not kind of, it totally went viral. And it was a story of a Bigfoot supposedly ripping down this old Vietnam flag yeah, from yeah. A t- I went to this place, by the way. It's a village of ninety people. It is. It's oh, not. Wow. It, it's like a block long. It is the tiniest place I've ever seen in my life. But supposedly, a Bigfoot ripped down this flag and braided it. Right. Right. Yeah. You know. And so, anyways, I called the guy who wrote the original story, and he his name is Bob Sutter, and he wrote it for the York Times, which is in you know York, Nebraska. And he, like, he, he told me, he's like, I just thought it was a fun story, you know, that we'll put on page eight, like a little lifestyle thing. Right, right. And it kind of blew up. But what he said that was super interesting is he got so many people coming up to him in town and from the surrounding areas calling him with Bigfoot stories. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, he yeah. was like, and, and uh, you know, I just called this guy Ramley, but he told me so many great Bigfoot stories and gave me a bunch of leads to look up. And so nice. I'm telling you, when you cold call these people, because at a certain point, you kind of hit a dead end on the internet. Right, right. You know, there's only so much you can find. I think a lot of people think like, well, if it's not on the internet, it's, you know, there's, it's not out there. That could and what's not be... interesting, too, is it's people are more apt to ignore you on the internet. So they might... Or, you know, or they'll have, like, if you write to the Facebook page of the library, they may be like, thanks, yep. we'll look into it or whatever. Yeah. But if you get somebody on the phone, uh, yeah. generally, I think you get kind of the more personal connection. People don't like to, well, young people don't like to talk on the phone. But no, they people, don't. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm getting, well, I hear, I'm, I'm so not used to talking on the phone that when I have to, I'm like, whoa, this is weird. <laughs> but, but, yeah, but I, I do, I think, and in the, this is, I've been telling other people this, and they've had some luck doing the same thing I'm doing. And yeah. that is actually just grabbing like a soft drink, grabbing a cold brewski when you're done with your work day and just for an hour, like call. And then I check out the list and then I'll wait a while. I'll call back again. So it's always new people working. Right. And you right. never know. Someone's someone may be interested or have heard something. And it's also just fun. I feel like I'm being proactive because I'm, you know, if you I are. get, if I get one bite out of 20 calls, that is a huge, huge deal for me. Yeah. It's a huge deal period. I mean, yeah, like stories that aren't getting out there in a way. So it's, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued by this. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's so weird. If you, if you like, you know, look at Nebraska on a, like an aerial view and it's just true. It is mostly flat fields. I mean, there are pockets of areas that are forested for sure. Right. Especially kind of where I live in Eastern Nebraska along the Missouri river. It's definitely more, a little more tree covered. But it is not the kind of place you think of <laughs> where a Bigfoot yeah. would be. You know, I think, you know, most people kind of have this thought like, well, it's in the Pacific Northwest and Canada and, you know, uh, some places on the yeah. East Coast. But a lot of people don't even take the Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia Bigfoot stuff that seriously. A lot of people yeah. I feel like I've talked to like, well, if it didn't happen in Washington or Oregon, uh, it's a hoax. And I'm like, boy, if you look at the history of it, that, it's far from the truth so right right yeah i think these things maybe move around a lot too so it's kind of like it might be migratory in a way Um, yeah and this might be some that stay behind like yeah the the general 
population goes, but one's like, look, I'm loving Mississippi, dude. Yeah, <laughs> guys, you go on, man. It's too crowded <laughs> yeah. there. I'm a small town Bigfoot guy. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll chill I, out in I, Indiana. <laughs> yep, he's like, I got like, I got like 400 acres of the state park. Right, I'm the only fucking Bigfoot. Right. So I'm doing all right. Like, totally, I got man. No competition totally. here. It's great. As long it's, as I don't I mean, get caught. Right. Or you know, look. You read a, a Cutchin or Timothy Renner book, and then you're like, or Bigfoot is just, you know, an some elemental kind of like, or some or kind of apparition. Like, yeah. 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 Which I love that idea just as much. Like I do if, too. If Bigfoot turned out to be that, I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> like, I yeah, have that's... no, I, I don't lean in any direction, you know, at all with Bigfoot. You know, I think there's something to it. I don't know. I do feel that I, the, as the more I look into it, I sort of get away from the, Flesh and blood, nuts and bolts, right. but just because I'm like, I do really not. I don't really understand how we wouldn't have found some like pretty great evidence. By yeah, now. you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, that's the old like they, someone we would hit it or like, yeah, or just shot it like like or know. just like we find a body and I know people say like, right. well, you don't find a lot of grizzly bear bodies, but you do find you them. Find you do find them. Yeah. yeah. So. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, shit, I lost my train of thought. No, that's so okay. In that, in that, no, in it's that. okay. Well, I, 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 well, the I got it. It pulled back into the station. Okay. Yeah, so, we were talking about urban stuff, so I, I can continue on that. But, but yes, please go. Well, the interesting aspect of the elemental Bigfoot idea, which didn't come to me until just now when you were talking, was that if the the I, I should tell this to Kutch, he should use it as a selling point. The plus side of a of a spiritual big paranormal Bigfoot is then that would theoretically mean. Like, I, you haven't been to my house, but there's a huge patch of woods in my backyard. Like, yeah. theoretically, then I could probably somehow conjure up a yes. Bigfoot in my backyard um, if it's if it's supernatural, which, Look, you know, you know, it's, it's the same as if, like, I, I can't make a fucking giraffe walk through my backyard, but if it's like an elemental ghostly thing, it's possible that that could actually happen. It is. I mean, if we're, if we are supposing that is what it is, look, I mean, in fact, I, I've got a great idea for your Patreon that you'll, you'll eventually put out there. I'm oh, sure yeah. <laughs> you do a live weekly like experiment where you, you do gifting one, one week that, that doesn't work. You try like throwing tarot cards down or you do some like magical Crowley ritual. <laughs> I mean, I would tune into that weekly. Like, all right, what, how's how's Benal going to try to conjure Bigfoot this week? I mean, that's like a great video series. <laughs> Done. That's free. For that's sure. free. <laughs> <laughs> now, are any of these urban Bigfoot cases like actual, like a Bigfoot in? I think there are. I think there is like a Bigfoot in Central Park story. Or I think maybe yeah, you mentioned I, one with Kiki said she lived across the street from a park and there was. A yes, there are, and I like honestly, I I would. Ha, I, I don't want to put you on the spot. Like no, that. that's okay. I cannot think of it because mostly I probably should have been more specific that I'm into Nebraska urban Bigfoot. Ah, okay. because there in like Lincoln, Nebraska, which is the second biggest city, there is a a lot of cases of Bigfoot around Lincoln, Nebraska, going back to the 60s. In oh, wow. fact, here's a fun little story. You know Charles Starkwe Starkweather, the serial killer? He was the yeah, guy, yeah. him and that, him and his, like, you know, partner, who actually probably is more innocent than we are realizing. Yeah, I heard about this documentary, yeah. So good. But Charles Starkweather, you know, like, Natural Born Killers was based off of True Romance, Bonnie and Clyde. It was in Lincoln, Nebraska, and obviously changed the whole state forever because it was, you know, serial killers weren't a big thing back then. Anyway, Charles Starkweather talks about a story 
of seeing a Bigfoot when he was like 16 years old. He called it death. He thought it was like the Grim Reaper outside his window. But he said it was a tall, like a very tall creature covered in fur with breasts like Patty. Yeah. And that it let out the scream and cry like a ba- of a of a baby. Ooh, that's great. And so, but I mean, they didn't have the term Bigfoot back then. Yeah. But yeah. he is describing like what we all like think of, and right. obviously, take it with a grain of salt. This guy was a psychotic serial killer. But it, <laughs> it, it's it's a fun story, I think, worth noting that like, gosh, before Bigfoot was even a name, he was describing a Bigfoot creature outside of his window. That he, yeah. he his his cultural lens with was that it was like a grim reaper type form, but well, it's interesting, interesting. that both the man at the park and this guy uh, both sort of had this terror response to yeah. the experience, yeah. um, which does happen a lot. People kind mm-hmm. of come out of it either like really blown away or or like shaken. Although I've heard that yeah. that kind of like there's this fear thing kicks in when they see yeah so i don't know it's interesting sort of recurring trend with bigfoot sightings like maybe it's some kind of power that it has yeah and you know it's funny because i i uh was talking to somebody who i really respect and really like i won't mention his name because i want to sound like i'm disagreeing with him on the air but uh (laughs) he was kind of telling me that you know i was kind of like just playing devil's advocate to his flesh and blood theory saying like oh what about the orbs of light that our people see or the you know so many even like you know mainstream Bigfoot people too, like, oh, I got zapped when I was out there. You know, and that's kind of like that psychic <laughs> zapping oh, yeah, experience yeah, that yeah. they have where all of a sudden they're really confused, dizzy, like nauseous, and like unreasonably scared. Yes, and, yes. But but yet those are flesh and blood people saying that. I'm like, well you're talking about being zapped. That sounds pretty paranormal to me. Yeah. You know? Terrible. And he was yeah. saying like, well, there are different animals like in the wild kingdom that like have like radars in their nose where they can confuse other animals. I'm like, all right, maybe. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's funny how people will spin things to their, the narrative that they want to follow. <laughs> but right. Yeah. And then plus it's funny. Cause, yeah. Yeah. And to that end, like Bigfoot's kind of like, since we don't know what it is or whatever, like it takes on, you can apply all these different properties to it where it's like, well, what yeah. about the story of the hunter who shot its arm off? And it's like, Octopuses can grow their arms back. <laughs> yeah, Starfish, exactly so right. exactly why can't right. the Bigfoot? It's like, look, Bigfoot can't have all of the fucking fantastic characters yeah. of every animal. It's not like a, a, a TV show or whatever. Which well, is awesome. But. Look to go back to an old, to reference an old episode. One uh, uh, one of the episodes that I loved that you did. Gosh, it's probably eight or nine years ago now. Was the one with Stan Gordon. Yeah, and Stan Gordon is like the if people don't know he's kind of the expert on uh, high strangers. He was like 16 years old and he kind of at least not broke the Kexpert story, but actually he kind of did break the Kexpert story, I believe. And he was a, like a teenager. Anyways, he had like a UFO hotline, Bigfoot hotline when he was a kid back in the 60s. But he has collected a plethora of very compelling, very interesting high strange Bigfoot stories where. UFOs and Bigfoot are seen in conjunction. And so many people, like, I feel like Stan Gordon's work in his book, Silent Invasion, is yes. like absolutely a must have. Seminal. It's a seminal. seminal. It is, it, first off, it's a book you can read in one sitting, it, but it is absolutely phenomenally great. And I've, you, my wife lives in that area where that one, there's a famous case in outside of Uniontown, Pennsylvania, where you know, it's it's kind of probably the most famous one from that that book, but it's where the kids and a group of people 
see that, including cops, see that UFO that landed in the farm field, and then two Bigfoot are walking along the fence line. Yeah, and they like my favorite case. Uh, it's one of my favorite cases, period, in the world. And yeah, I think a lot of people who are like really into nuts and bolts Bigfoot or nuts and bolts UFOs, they're like, I hate cases like that. Right. <laughs> but guys, guys like me or guys like you, I'm like, that is like an ice cream sundae. Yeah. Uh, I'll eat it all day long. It's beautiful. Right, right. Because it opens up so many possibilities. It does, like, man. Yeah, yeah. It does. And, and, there, and there's things that we just can't ignore with Bigfoot that are super, super weird. Right, exactly. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. But for the people who cling to the flesh and blood thing, I always argue that it's like, it could be a flesh and blood, like, uh-huh. the, like the giraffe in the backyard. Like, Absolutely. no fucking giraffes are real. Yep. If a giraffe went through my backyard right now, it would be like, okay. Is that that is that some kind of spectral thing? Right. So it, can be, it can be two different like phenomena. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean like an example. Uh, like I, 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 there in a place called Minersville, in Odo County, Nebraska, which is right on the east, right on the Missouri River, eastern Nebraska, of course. Uh, there in the eight, late eighteen hundreds were so many Black Panther sightings that the mayor yeah, at right. the time actually hired a group of men with torches and shotguns and paid them oh, wow. to go hunt this thing. There is a story in an old newspaper I found from like 1899 where a black Panther that they, they called it a black Panther, not a mountain lion. <laughs> like, you know, right, the right. plus mountain lion are pretty rare in this, <laughs> in this area, not so much anymore, but they were at the time. But this school, little schoolhouse, there was a black Panther just walking in a circle around the schoolhouse and like Jeez. these to come shoot it away, you know, like it's it, wow. But these out of place animals, upas, if you will, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah, I, I love those stories. There yeah. was a, there's a kangaroo, a great, you know, m- most states have a good kangaroo story. Absolutely. Yep. And I yep, love yep. those, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, yeah, like yeah. to your point, you know, maybe that was like the ghost of a, or the apparition of a black panther in Nebraska. But there obviously are real Black Panthers. So, may, they're, like you said, I like that idea. Be totally open. Like, there could be a flesh and blood Bigfoot. And right. there might be something that is mimicking or masking. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. more of a John yeah. Keel super spectrum type thing, you know? Yeah. Where it's like it knows Bigfoot from how you know it. So, it's going to yep. become Bigfoot. It borrows our mythologies and our folklore and presents exactly. it to us. And things we know and recognize. Now... I'm sh- I have a feeling you've probably been asked this before, but I don't know. I don't know the answer to this question. Have you mm-hmm. ever had any paranormal experiences of your own? Uh, no, not really. Um, I'm in the same boat. So. Yeah, it, 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 you know, I say it like nothing. I couldn't rule out. You know, like where it's right. like, and, and nothing dramatic or like. I feel like everyone's had like weird experiences. I, but I, to be like really clear, I've never had a confirmation experience where I'm like, that is real. I am seeing it, hearing it, feeling it, you know, like I have not had that. And I've been lucky enough to talk to a lot of people who I a thousand percent believe are telling me the truth who have. But like, yeah, I'm not giving up yet. I more and more, Tim, like I'm actually going to do my first ghost investigation. And I don't know much about oh, that. Was on my, that was in my head to ask. Yeah. Me. I've never really like... done like a proper investigation. And yeah. I know um, some people who are really into that stuff in Omaha and they're going to take me to this place called in Melbourne, Iowa called the Melbourne Manor. And it is a messed up place. I went there on a day tour one time. And during the day I was so freaked out where I was like, Oh my God. But like, I'm going to stay overnight with some like oh, wow. real deal ghost hunters and like, they're like, we're going to, they're like, you will experience something. I, I mean, like guaranteed. I'm like, 
oh god now i'm kind of scared man <laughs> yeah, that's <what> I, like. <laughs> I talk that's a big funny. game <laughs> yeah it's all great in theory right yeah exactly interestingly this weekend i was in when i was in whitehall uh on the way to whitehall or next to rutland where i stayed in vermont is this fucking old-timey castle Ooh. that was built like in the turn of the last century Ooh. um under sort of mysterious shady circumstances. And then the couple who originally were behind the castle, like just fucking left town and somehow the castle like passed down to uh, this dude, Wilson, who was with the army and um, it's been in his family ever since. And it's like full of old timey, like super rare art and crazy. He was like a crazy collector of like classic art, um, ancient type art, like shit that was, a silver set that was given to the queen of England when she visited India, like right. 1800s or some shit. And just like crazy, super rare stuff. Long story short. Um, it was like visiting the white house. That yeah. Was like the closest I could say it was just, you got to walk around and touch all the shit and like really get in and look at it. Um, but the point being is that the every, and because I was in town for the Bigfoot festival, it was like, I can't, I already have a hotel room, so I can't, I, I don't want to also now um, <laughs> go to the big festival all day, come back, go to this ghost hunt. There's a ghost hunt that night. At the thing. Right, right. So I was like, shit, I, I, you know, I wish I could do this, but I'm not, uh, I'm not that young and crazy anymore. And I don't yeah. want to stay overnight at the no. thing, but it, it did. And more, more so also that um, it, the idea didn't kind of come up until, um, you know, until like it was too late to really yeah. sort of. At our age, you need to plan things a little bit ahead. Yeah, of I don't change on the fly very well. No. So it was like, it was like, yeah, no, I don't think I'm going to upend my whole trip and spend the night at the haunted fucking castle, even though it sounds cool as hell. Like, that's just too much. Um, but the point being is, I asked them, how much does it cost to rent the castle for the night if you're a paranormal group or whatever? She said, six people, $600. And I'm like, that's. Not, not that, that much. No, hundred bucks a piece. People, yeah. So I'm kind of tempted to like. Oh, dude. Well, when I'm, I mean, I am gonna come visit you soon because there is like oh, so many spots I want to check out. I know. But I would do that for sure. Are you right, kidding right? me? So it's like, see, and you get to spend the night in the fucking castle. So even yeah. if it's like an Airbnb, like it was like that's actually a pretty good deal. Oh. Like even if we don't look for go. Seriously, I mean, you can't. Get, what hotel can you find a room at for hundred bucks? Exactly. I don't yeah. think that exists anymore, man. So like you need the just fact, four, six people, yeah. Yeah, even if it's not comfortable, well, you know, we'd be drinking beer. So you know, like I I I look, man, you're speaking my language because yeah. I think, you know, you know, like one of the one of the aside from COVID being destructive and like so many people dying and it still being a horrible thing. I, I'm not pro COVID. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Right. Right. But what it kind of did do for me personally is kind of like maybe real reevaluate like what I want to do in my life and maybe realize that there is like an expiration date on the old Steve Berg. <laughs> and so right, right. I better stop like deferring my dreams and better like start visiting these places and, yeah experiencing the magic of place and like even if i don't like experience anything high strange or weird like that doesn't right. necessarily matter the experience of going out and adventuring it's like we get it's to play awesome. goonies it's awesome tim and I, I mean like i you know as like you know you and i in terms of like hanging out and stuff like that like it'd be so fun one paramania thing or if you and i and like some other people like meet for a long weekend it's just like 
hey, man, let's, like, take three days. We'll have fun, have good dinners, like, have some beers. But let's also, like, get out and do a little investigating, man. See if we can scare yeah. up any action. You know, like. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because I definitely, like, you know, it's not necessary for me to feel like I've, like, you know, my life hasn't been, like, wasted if I don't experience anything. But right, I right. sure would like to, you know. And it would yeah. be all the better. It would be so fun to do it with friends. Like, imagine if people. you and yeah, I, yeah, exactly. you and yeah. I had that paranormal confirmation experience together. We're, like, high-fiving. Like, like, <laughs> like well, yeah. we're going out now, man. We just, <laughs> we just saw an apparition. Yeah, exactly. To the bar, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, we're out of here, ghost. Yeah. We saw you. We're going to go celebrate. I don't need to see any more. Yeah. That's, Pop that's the all I need to see. Light exactly. the cigars up, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'd be back. We're like, we did it. That was we awesome. We did it. We did it. We saw a ghost, man. <laughs> yeah. How cool. Well, I think people, and I know you're going out with the ghost hunting group, but it's like mm-hmm. you don't need all that shit really to, you just kind of have to be there. I think so, too. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever be, like, a gadget guy. One, because yeah. I find technology, like, it just, I have, I have like, no, I have patience with people, but not with inanimate objects. So I yeah. think, like, I would just be too frustrated all the time. But I, I'm excited to experience this kind of, like, I think one of the guys there is, is like, from some, a net, who's going with us is, like, has, like, a Netflix ghost show. I can't remember what oh, it's called. Wow. Okay, yeah. But they're all, like, pretty, like, experienced, and they've been, like, on ghost hunting shows and stuff. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think they, I'm thinking, I think they're shooting this as, like, maybe something for their show or something for their channel or whatever. But right. I'm agreeing to go because it was, like, free, and they offered. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, no. But they're sure. definitely, it's going to be, like, gadget heavy. Everyone there has experienced some crazy stuff. So I'm just going to be like this newbie on the outside who's like, hey, man, goofball, anyone want some snacks? You know, like, am I allowed to drink beer tonight? Or no, is it that serious? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to ask. I'm like, do I pack Probably my cooler that. full of Modellos or not? <laughs> but no, I'm, ex- Modellos, yeah. I, I'm excited to experience like what, you know. It's like a high-tech version because I probably won't ever have that chance again unless someone – Well, yeah, exactly. No, it is informative, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, um, yeah, see, we're like on the same boat where it's like, I'm open to everything. I want to see, oh, how are you doing that? What is that thing? Like, yep, me too. No, I don't want to use it, but <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I could break it or like, like you said, just an event. I just wouldn't, it would be, it would be, it would be like boring almost. I'd be like, all right, I don't know. Is it right is it working? The lights are going up to like orange. I'm colorblind, so I can't, you know. Right, right, right. You know, it's, well, it's like, well, you know, I, I, at first I was like, oh, man, I would love to be able to, like, take my GoPro and shoot some video and, like, for, shoot this experience and kind of document it. But then I was like, well, they were shooting it. That's, like, their thing. I'm not going to, like, you know, right, ask right. for two cameras to be on set or to be at this thing. But I asked them, I go, do you mind if I wrote, if I could write about this and kind of, like, you know, talk to you guys and write about, like, what we talk about, like, me actually, like, interview you like a journalist. I'm not right. a journalist, people, but I – do like to write and I am trying to collect some of these stories and I do write about them more for myself, but I'll probably put like a lot of these stories on my website as kind of a blog. Like, Hey, this yeah. month I went on an investigation. This is what happened. This is my experience. Cause I do love reading about people's personal experiences in kind of a gonzo journalism, Hunter S Thompson. Yeah. You know, they're, they're enmeshing themselves in the story. That's why I loved your flat earth thing so much. I was like, Oh, yeah. that's so great. Because like, it's not about it's not a story about flat earthers. It's about Tim Banal's experience in the <laughs> But I like that kind of journalism. I do. You know, that's kind of Tom Wolf, Hunter S. Thompson, where they weave yeah. themselves into the story and like I, that can get annoying. Well, you have sometimes. a chance here with this ghost thing. I do, yeah. So it's definitely I'm going to, you know, I, I even like came home and wrote up my like Van Meter experience because I was like, I don't want to forget anything. And so 
yeah, I don't know what I'm doing with this, but I'll, I'll probably just put it up for free, a little blog, and like people are yeah. interested to follow along with my experiences. You're more than welcome to read it. Well, you know, you're eventually going to write a book. I would like that is kind of the point of this. It is. I mean, that's my that is my plan. I've written some kind of like test chapters and I like I feel like I found the tone. But it is one of those things where it's going to take three to four years to do because right. Every chapter is about experiences that I'm having. I'm not going to write. It's not a research book, you know. Ah, okay. So it all like I don't think I have. I don't think I have anything to say that hasn't been said already in terms of. So it's like one man's quest to get to the bottom of Nebraska weirdness. Yeah. And so the first one will be about Nebraska, like where I'm from. And then I, you know, I look, I mean, like when we go to Paramania, like I videotaped or, you know, videotaped, I shot that whole thing on my GoPro. I have like 12 hours of pretty great footage. I'm going to cut that together and release some of that. But like, I also want to write about that experience. Like Paramania yeah. is a great chapter, man, or two chapters. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So like yeah. just anything I do that's out, you know, looking at Indian mounds in Ohio, boom, I would like to write about that. Okay, so it's not just Nebraska. It's just No, I mean like this first kind of book I want to do is definitely all Nebraska just because I feel like oh, I, okay. need, I need to get that done and off my chest. But like going forward, it's just I like writing about my experiences. Yeah, yeah. Whether or not that's appealing to anyone, I, I, I don't know. But like – <laughs> you know, I, I I feel like this more just a way to document these things in my life that happened. And if two people find it, you know, get a chuckle out of it, then great. Yeah. Well, at least, yeah, you got to like, I, I I see what you're saying and, and it makes me like feel compelled. You kind of inspired me in a lot of ways. It's just like you oh, got, thanks. got me going with Banal of America, but it's like. Yeah, I need to, like, write down some more of these experiences that I've had visiting mm-hmm. places, meeting people, and getting mixed up in these different uh, cultures and events and stuff. Because, yeah, it's been an interesting uh, journey. So. It, it's been, a, you know, like, the book that inspires me that I feel like did it so well is, and obviously I can't capture the perfect, wonderful, hilarious tone of Emgo Rightly, but his book, Happy Trails to High Weirdness, Yes. Like, I love all his books, but that book had such an impact on me in terms of, like, how he told the story. Because he's definitely definitely part of it. Like, yeah. I've said this on podcasts or my own show before, but there is a part in it where I think it's Jordan Maxwell. It might not have been Jordan Maxwell. It might have been another conspiracy theorist. But they were selling Costco chickens at their vendor table. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And he actually has a picture of one. And for me, I'm like, that's what I love these fields is because that is something that's to me that was one of the funniest things I'd ever read in my entire life right, but it wasn't right. written by a comedy writer it was written by Edgar Riley <laughs> like, yeah. it's just naturally so funny like I, I don't know I love that guy. yeah he's a fantastic writer he, he really is real way with words it's yep. almost like poetic it's like he's just got a real rhythm to it that it makes it me does. laugh like he'll have a certain way of describing someone or Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. He's got a really unique flavor to his writing, and he uh, does. I enjoy it quite a bit. I do too. I do too. Yeah, and I, I always love the episodes of uh, him on your show too. So like, he's one of those guys I search out. Like, I will. I'll listen to any podcast that has Emgo Rightly on it. Yeah. Well, I'm fortunate enough. I I'm in a group chat with him. I talk yeah. to him quite a bit. So you're talking uh, Yeah, I talk to him all the time. He's a he's one of the few people I would actually call feel comfortable calling like a mentor kind of. Like, yeah. I can see he's that. really, you know, I look up to him and his take on, uh, he has just such a detached take on all this. Shit. Yeah. 
is really uh, I, I envy and sort of try aspire to emulate. Yeah, it is. It's really wonderful because some of the uh, topics he'll write about, like you know James Shelby Downer, for instance, he's like a controversial you know yeah, person really and. Yeah, yeah. You know, like borderline racist, or not even borderline. There's racist yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's some real problematic shit. Yeah. yeah, very problematic. But you you know when you're reading it, when Adam Gorelli is writing about it, that he is not writing it from the point of view where he's defending him or like saying this guy had had right, something right. going. No, he's saying the opposite. He's saying like, yeah, this is a very interesting figure in American history, and this is what I could find out about him. And he right. does it in a way that's humorous. But like you said, detached from making any kind of editorial, like, right, you know, right. this or that happened, or I believe, you know, his, his opinions are not important in his writing. And I think that's yeah, by design, yeah. you know, like, I don't know, it's really brilliant. Like, I feel like writing like that when you've kind of inventing a form or doing a really hard to do form is underappreciated. A lot of times to me, that's more important than the actual use of the English language and flowery prose. Yeah, like, it's yeah. just the style of writing to me is the most attractive thing in like authors and go rightly is just in, in these fields, like pretty hard to beat, man. Like he, you know, like he's one of the greats of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had him on your show yet? No, I definitely want to. Uh, I'm, I feel like a little nervous to, <laughs> have him on. <laughs> you know, I feel like, but I, I, I'm definitely going to ask him. I, I know I've met him a couple of times, you know, and yeah, he's so nice and not like an intimidating person. He's just, really Oh yeah. You met him at strange reality. <clears throat> I did. I met him at Paramania yeah. in LA. Oh, Paramania. Yeah. 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 So like, I, you know, dude, he's awesome. I'm definitely going to have him on. It's just like, what do I, do I choose a book or, I mean, I would love to have him on and just do like almost like, a retrospective of him, but I, I'm not sure if people like doing that. You know, like yeah. I kind of did that when I had Cutchin on. So I was like, I couldn't choose a book to talk about, but I was like, let's just talk about your body of work and you. I feel like yeah. that's, I kind of like doing that a lot with my show. Yeah. yeah, where, yeah. And I'll probably get to a point where I'll want to talk about specific books and specific work. Yeah. But I'm so interested in the people writing and commenting on these topics yeah. you know what i'm saying like i actually am the weirdo like some of my favorite detail is in writing is like what kind of cigarettes were they smoking Where like what did they order <laughs> for lunch you know like in a rolling stone interview and more than them talking about their music oh yeah, i'm saying, yeah. so interested in like the granular details of people's personality because to me that informs and it helps me understand the writing a little bit better Right. So, right. I, you know, like, I'm sure that annoys people about my show a little bit where I'm like, what did you have for lunch yesterday? And I'm actually, like, legitimately curious. <laughs> it's such a personal, like, I'm doing it for myself, obviously. And I know that's yeah. probably not great radio, but uh, hey, man. Ah, hey. We oh, like God. what we like, Tim. Exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, what the hell was I going to ask you? Jesus. I keep getting, I'm trying to, like, try and set up shit. Sorry. We're t- we can't no, generalize. No. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, so yeah, but when you write the, yeah, when you write mm-hmm. the book, then you're gonna get more shit. Well, I was thinking too, but I don't know. You, how far apart is like Nebraska from like one end to the other? Ooh, god, like mileage? Yeah, like an hour. Uh, like golly, hours you from, could. Right? So I'm on the very edge. Like I'm from where I am right now. I'm about eight yeah. miles from Iowa, the border. So if I drive to like just, I know from driving to Colorado so much about. Five and a half, six hours you can drive across. Oh, all right. 
So. It would be cool. I mean, I don't know. It probably would be a better idea. I'm going to tell you what you should do now. <laughs> Please do. No, no, no. I, I, need, I need suggestions. It, it would be cool because you talk about the cold calling. It would be cool to, like, set up some kind of hotline. There must be a way to do it through the Internet where it will record the things, so you, you know. So yes. and then just even if you just did Eastern Nebraska. Yep. And we're just I, like, just call the hotline. And then, you know, you can sift through shit. And if something pops out, you can be like, all right, this is how you need to get back to this person. I, you know, it's so funny. For some reason in my head, because I'm so old school, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to get like a teen line or something. <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. And then I had a, a friend of mine who is a younger person. And they were just like, no, for like, I think they're like, just get a Google, a Google line. And I guess on Google, you can get, they will spit out a number to you. That's just a call-in thing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. I guess I can just do that. They're like, yeah, it's very easy, you dummy. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Of course, of course <laughs> yeah, it is. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just like you. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, but you got to call the phone company. Yeah. Like, the guy's got to come out, put a new jack in the wall. Like, exactly. it's a whole thing. You're going to have to send a truck out in order yeah, to get the hotline. So. Yeah, I'm already, like, stressed out about it, so I can't do it. And right. they were like, yep, they were like no, exactly, like, in yeah. three minutes you can set this up, you idiot. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> of course you can. Ha, <laughs> ha. But that would be a kind of cool experiment. Someone did yes. that, like, in Chicago. They put up a bunch of flyers that were like, have you seen a creature or whatever? Yeah. They call this hotline. Um, well, it's, it's But I never funny. heard what else came of that. It was a weird kind of <clears throat> Well, like, there, geez, I wish they did tell us what, what calls you know, they got. It's funny. I, I'm, I am. It's actually on my list of things to do in my phone notes that I just made about two weeks ago. But there's, <laughs> a, there's this case – that happened in 2014, a Bigfoot case that was a my absolute favorite Nebraska Bigfoot case. And it's a tiny little village called Linwood, Nebraska. And it's not, it's they all they have is they have a steak joint and not even a gas station and like a, <laughs> a, a grain co op. It's like nothing there. But I am, and so I have been, I've actually talked to the sheriff of the county, had a great conversation oh, wow. with him about the case. I talked to the, uh, Head the warden of the Southeastern Gaming Commission. In I'm just going to talk right here, Steve, Please. and I just want to say that I'm fucking blown away by your proactive, investigative fucking oh. deal, dude. I'm Thanks. really like, I didn't know you were doing this kind of. Yeah, thing. I don't talk <laughs> about it. A t I mean, I talk about it it's kind of really, when... really commendable. Like, Thanks, but uh, I, I do. Yeah, I wish I had the time to like. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, you know, look, at, because I'll, – and I'll be really honest. Because the pandemic the last, like – or, you know, COVID the last couple of years, it has made my industry very slow. Right, right. Where they just have yeah, not been – strike and everything. And I've been working enough, and it's great. But, like, as an actor, like, you know, you'll work – go do an indie movie for two weeks, and then you're off for two months. <laughs> you know, right, like right, – right. So I, I – and then the, the COVID and then now the writers and actors strike, it's like I have nothing to audition for or work on. Um, but I have the time and I'm not a great sit around guy and do nothing. Like I, I get crazy. So I love this stuff. So, I mean, I'm really playing John Keel in Eastern Nebraska, man. And it is yeah, it's so awesome. fun where I will take days where I'll wake up in the morning, make a sack lunch, a little turkey sandwich, maybe, uh, you know, uh, maybe a, a kettle, kettle chip and a bottle of water. And I will drive to a place, a cemetery where, people have seen stuff and just walk around and try to experience it. And then I'll like take little videos and of myself yeah. explaining what I'm out here doing, you know? And like, that is like going to Hawaii for me. I'm having so much fun. Right. right. I also think living in LA for like 21 years, I was in such a massive city surrounded by so many people right. that I'm 
I have like this like weird rural America fetish where like I <laughs> I want to be in rural rural areas all the time. No, I'm I, envious. I love it. I'm just getting back from Vermont and kind of getting back to here, and it's like I really yeah. like the I like the mood up there a lot better, and it's you know yeah. it's, it's rural too, obviously. So it's like yeah, yeah. There's something nice about it. It's just great, you know, and, and my wife is super cool about it. Like, sometimes we'll go take, like, hike. We like to go hiking and, like, walking around and stuff. But I'll, like, say, like, well, can we go walking here? Because uh, there was a Bigfoot sighting in 1967. And I was like, <laughs> of course. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. you know, I'll always kind of infuse. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm always trying to, like, go, even when I go to town for work. Like, if I'm out in Atlanta for a few weeks, I will try to find every weird thing right. I can in my days off. It's just it's just what I like to do for fun, you know. So yeah, and uh, people kind of they sort of some people get a little snobby about it, but I I fucking cannot recommend Atlas Obscura enough. I, I love Atlas that Obscura. A, yeah, some people are like, oh, it's on Atlas. Oh, you know, it's like, dude, that is the best website for yeah. ice. My my what? laptop is literally sitting on a copy of this book, which uh, ooh, synchronistic. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, you know, you know what you know what the other book fan. is sitting on? It's actually this is kind of weird. So I'll even show you this, but well, I, this book, and then the other book I my laptop is sitting on is Go Rightly and Great Bishop's oh. book, A for Adamski. Very nice. They fit my laptop perfect to prop it up. So uh, I thought, <laughs> but I thought it was funny, ironic. We've talked about both those things in the last five minutes, and uh, yeah, see that. Um, <laughs> oh. But yeah, I highly recommend that. That's a great Agreed. resource for Agreed. people to. Uh, Check out. So you're gonna put up a website. We're kind of. I'm gonna get you head. I, I got you yeah. at about two hours. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Whatever, man. Uh, um. So you're gonna get a website going. Yeah. I feel like I'm telling you, dude. I'm gonna do just everything you do. I'm gonna be like, well, fucking Berg's got his website fixed. Yeah. I <laughs> Good. Berg put out a book. Fucking, I, it's about time yeah. I put out that book. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, don't defer your dreams, man. That that is the lesson, I think. You know, right? Like you said, I mean, it's like. We're not promised tomorrow. So uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm trying yeah, not no. to put stuff off because I am a, you know, I've been a procrastinator my whole life, but I'm getting better in the last couple of years. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about starting a website because I do love to shoot videos and I have so much footage of what I think are pretty fun adventures. So I am going to be making those available on my website and I will have a little blog and uh, I would love to have like an old school thing where there was like a place for people to chat, you know, like, yeah, maybe I'll just start like a discord thing. There's a link, but like, I, I, I can talk about this stuff all day. So if I had like yeah. a handful of people listen to my show who want to chat with me and like, man, I'm there for them, you know, like, it sounds like right, right. Yeah. That's yeah, just good yeah. fun for me. So. Yeah. Well, in the old days we had message boards. Yeah. We were like, we used to have a, used to have a forum on the banal page. I remember going on yeah. there. Yeah. It's yeah. still there. It's just completely, uh, just like dead, so it's fine. I, I it's need to fine. like change yeah, when I rehash the website. You'll bit. give it a spit shine and have it back out. It'll be beautiful. It yeah, yeah. But yeah, forums were like where it was at. It was very interesting back in the day. Uh, oh yeah. I don't know how closely you followed sort of the online scene, but yeah, it was Dude, like I did a lot. Blog comments, blog people like that was the place where people talked in blog comments. Yep. Then it was message boards. Yeah. Then, then it became it, social media. And like above yeah. top secret was huge back yes. in the day. I used to go. Yep. I used to go to you. A lot of that website was not for me, but the UFO section for a long time was really good. Yeah, well, that was the good thing about above top secret. It was a kind of a clearinghouse for every different topic. Yeah. So you could just yeah. jump in and yeah. But you know now people are on Reddit and yeah, it's uh 
it's all spread out. And then Discord, I don't know, I've never even been on Discord. So I don't know how, I, anything. I've never even been on it. So I did for like a second, and I got frustrated with not knowing how to use it properly. So I was like, ah! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's an interesting time anyway, it seems like. It is. You feel like you want some new iteration of that communal communication. Maybe Discord will be it someday. I don't know. But it's like, yeah. I mean, social I, media is cool, but fucking Twitter is just a dumpster fire now. It is. And, no, there's no there's no getting around that. It, it's a it's not a happy place to be, man. Like, yeah, you could be having a great day, go on Twitter for five minutes. You're like, wow. <laughs> and the interesting part too, though, is like, I mean, I'm sure you fall. I, I you have a diverse amount of just like I do. Like, mm-hmm. I have some. I follow some political stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't see like I see Twitter is like accessible, but then in the weird part. It's generally pretty cool. You're not seeing a lot of people like, but then yeah. if you click on one article about some political topic like gun control or trans rights or the Supreme yep. Court or the election, um, and you just click on any like article that comes up in your thing, and you just like click on, and then you, then it goes, oh no, and it's like all kinds of shitty ass people, like, yeah. and they're all the top because of the way it's structured now. Yep, it's so fucking depressing. Uh, just, it's, yeah, it's not healthy. It's just not good. I mean, like the the thing is, though, it's like what I do think about is, I have like a whole entire friend group that is that is you know kind of in the weirdo. I don't say weirdo. Yeah. What, I don't know. Fortean community. You know, you and like Fortians. Yeah. You know, you, you know the guys and like some other some other people. I've made some great friends who like yeah. I you know can't wait to get together with in real life because like. I have not had like you know like a lot of people, people to talk to about this in real life. Yeah, yeah. Because my friends from like you know L.A. or my friends from here, like you know, some may have a mild interest in this stuff, but yeah. it's hard to talk to when you have to explain your references all the time. You know, like right, right, yeah. And yeah. there is this online community that I've really kind of become close to, and it, it feels really good. And they're kind of like feel like lifelong friends that are very important to me. So. That part of the internet age, I think, is truly wonderful. No, that's like, really great. Yeah. I mean, that's how you and I are friends, really. I mean, we've seen yeah, each exactly. other, like, you know, half a dozen times. But, like, without the internet, I don't think we'd, you know, have fostered a real friendship. Absolutely. Oh, and, yeah, and, no, and it's all about the friends you make. Friends <laughs> it yeah, really yeah, is, in a lot of ways, because you're not going to get any answers. So, it's like, how are you – if you're – yeah, if you're not really maintaining – if you're not making friends in this, then – what do you, you like? <laughs> what do you yeah, do? yeah, and I I think a lot of people do, man. Even just going through Van Meter, like I I was you know hearing that people they were like they were on this trip together to come see this thing this this festival right, and they had never met in real life. They were online oh, wow. friends. Like this one oh, girl wow. and this one guy came together. She's from Chicago. She picked this guy up at an airport. They had never met in real life, but they had been friends online for years, and they drove together, and they were having wow. the best weekend ever they were stopping and seeing like different sites along the way i'm like yeah, hey guys, yeah what a wonderful thing and so for me i'm like that really makes me happy yeah and that's the beautiful thing brings people together yeah it does because it's niche and you know like for so long we were kicked to the margins for being weirdos yeah yeah now like you know it's a it's kind of the time of the weirdo <laughs> yeah i think it is in a lot of ways i think uh we i think we might have talked to this back when i first had you on the show originally but it's like the the nerd culture has been elevated to the point now, and again, it's like rising tide lifts all ships. Like now, yes. the paranormal's kind of like cooler than it ever has been. Sure is in the it past, is. and it's great. 
It is you great. Know? Like, you know, I know some people like, and like, look, there's a lot of like things I probably say that make me do sound like an, like a UFO or paranormal hipster. But, and I don't mean to ever sound like that, but like, I love that there's more people than ever interested in this stuff. Right. Right. I really do. Like, I know a lot, some people are like, ah, it's like making it less cool. I'm like, well, not really. Like it's <laughs> it was it never was fucking cool. It That's was never point. cool. Like, That's right. It was so like it, you know it like, was like shit on all the time by. And, I mean, uh, if anything, it's just like less people shit on it now than ever before. It's like, totally. Might be the, might be the the bellwether or how you how you look at it, but it's like the people treat it as kind of like cool in a way like that they that you see with like Marvel movies or something. Now. Absolutely. So absolutely, it's, it's gratifying in a sense because it's. Like, I remember when this was, like, pretty dumped on all the time. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, there was a laugh at it. And that thing shit. It's crazy. It's goofy. I, it's I, I laugh at it every day. Like, to me, yeah. th- like, it, it doesn't mean I don't take this stuff seriously. But you don't have to always take it literally either. You know? Right. <laughs> like, and, yeah. <clears throat> that's why I love, like, funny cases. Like, the space pancakes, for instance. Yes. It's now yeah. become That's become a popular story now because of the internet and podcasts, which I think is great. But it's so weird. It's like more than anything, it is hilarious to me. Yeah, it's just funny, and it's like to me, it's like a lot of times I, I, I mean, movies and TV are very funny. There's great writers out there, no doubt. Great performers, great directors, but stuff that might be true and is that weird is so funny to me. Yeah, like <laughs> the Van, great. like the Van Meter thing with the horn, and it's like, is it a pterodactyl? <clears throat> like what? It's hilarious. Is... Yeah, it's so bizarre. It's you know? so bizarre that you have to laugh. Yeah. I wonder, though, when I hear, like, I wonder if there's some kind of connection to Mothman between that. Well, yeah. I mean, very people similar. have. It is very similar. And there's been some other human or, like, flying creature cases in Iowa. One that was not, which I just learned about this weekend, that happened, like, four years after that. But, look, Nebraska has three flying wing humanoid cases that I know, that I know of. Wow. There's probably a lot more, but. Yeah, I think Mothman is, you know, wonderful. I love the whole Mothman story. But what's funny about, like, the Mothman prophecies is that the Mothman is the least interesting part of that book. It's yeah. everything else that was happening around the Mothman. So, and, and, and I think, like, that's the thing, like, Keel will teach you is that, like, whatever the event is we're there to, like, witness and see, look around, too, because there's going to be some really interesting stuff that's happening culturally yeah. or whatever, you know, like, in conjunction, usually. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, listen to the characters. Mm-hmm. They're the ones, you know, 100%. they're the ones you want to talk to. And kind of like in the case with your cold calling, it's like, it's like, I like I said, I used to be a janitor. Like, the old thing was like, if you want to know what's really going on, you talk to the fucking janitor. They yeah. know everything. So it's like, there are certain people in the community that, <laughs> you know, you yeah. hang out at the local bar, yep. you're going to get uh, someone that'll want to tell you the story about what's going on. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I mean, talking to people at the end of the day is the most, is the, I think, the greatest way to further any kind of endeavor into a story. You know, like, it's yeah, like, you can read the internet, you always hit a dead end eventually, and there's never enough books written about a given topic, but talking to people, I swear yeah. to God, you will always learn something new. And it may not be like life-changing or the answer, but like you'll ask new questions and that is what we can do. And it, right, that's, exactly. that's a worthy goal. Like if everyone in the paranormal community, whether they're from like Dayton, Ohio or Sacramento or, you know, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, wherever they are, if they kind of like 
just took the small microcosm that they're in and really looked at it, talked to historians, librarians, and like cold called people. Imagine all the new things we'd uncover. I think oh, it would awesome. be a lot. I think it would be a ton of these stories. They were great. Yeah. Yeah, with all due respect to the ghost hunters out there, it's like, that might be, I mean, how many fucking times do they have to <laughs> like ghost hunt? Maybe try that as an endeavor. You might find yeah. new places to. I think so, too. That are even more, like, recent or, or recurring, right. or you might find right. something. Yeah. You yeah, know. because it's like, and I, I want to keep on talking about Nebraska. No, I, this will be the last thing I no, say no, about no, it. But when I moved back here, it was like the height of the pandemic, and like, Hollywood was like shut down, nothing to audition for. And I was so like, I, I go, oh, I got to do something. And, you know, I'm going to play John Keel. But my original thought was like, I knew everything that had happened in Nebraska. And in my opinion, oh, it wow. wasn't that much. I was like, eh, if, I think Nebraska is like the deadest state for the paranormal in the country for sure. And I was so wrong. Like the amount that, that was in like on the internet, or I mean, there's a lot of stuff on the internet I maybe I didn't know about, but and books and stuff about Nebraska, it was so, it was just a sliver of what I was able to find. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I do believe that, like, there are so many stories when, you know, when we think we've hit the point where, like, oh, we've heard all the UFO stories, heard all the Bigfoot stories, start talking to people in small rural right. areas or right. librarians, historians, or just anyone, and you will get more stories. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because people don't report it necessarily. Yep. They certainly don't like making up noise where, like, the local media will cover it. Right. That's the kind of thing I miss, too. Like, I talked to Zilia Edgar back, uh, we were, uh, like, last year when yep. it was kind of sputtering along. And um, I love her work. I'm so I glad I got the chance to talk to her and have her on the show. And I got to get her back. Now we have. Uh, you should. She's so great. All this advanced technology. With their design. Yeah. That, that, that last pact of shows, it was like we ran into a lot of phone problems. and Right. T- me talking to people who were like on the internet and was just like, this isn't working. That's uh, yeah. kind of like what kind of killed the vibe there for the show for a while till, uh, till now. And, um, but like what I was saying to her, it's like, I really love those stories and I love what you're doing mm-hmm. because it sounds like you're kind of tapping into this vein that no one has really, or not very many people are doing where yeah. it's like, you can kind of rely on the, in the back of the day, something weird would happen. Flatwoods. Right. Something weird would happen in a small town. And it was like it, the paper would cover it would kind of get out a little bit. You don't really see that as much anymore. No. Um, and there's a reason you know, for that. The And the reason is that most small-town newspapers, even like mid-range small cities, the local papers have been taken over by news aggregates. Yeah. So yeah. the majority of the, the paper is AP articles or stories written by someone in Chicago, yet they're writing a story about a small town in Oklahoma. You know what I'm saying? Right. So there's usually like one or two local stories that are legitimately written by a local, everything else, the reporters and writers aren't even from there. So yeah. local reportage in general is dying with, yeah. with newspapers as newspapers dying, you know? Yeah, so yeah, it's horribly sad. Like it really is. Cause like, I think that is one thing that will affect because like, you know, take Mary Heyer in Point Pleasant, for instance, who was, you know, right, right. the local newspaper woman who, you know, was so wildly helpful to Keel. There wouldn't be a, any, a book without her. She was a local reporter reporting the stuff. She knew everyone. She knew what people ate. She knew the predominant religion. She yeah. knew the rumors, like who was sleeping with who. 
that stuff I feel is very important when reporting on local stories. And that unfortunately is like a fairly lost art nowadays. And so, yeah, that, that is something we're kind of up against, I think in terms of like finding modern rural, small local town stories, but there's, there's ways to get them, I think. Yeah. Well, part of the thing too, is like, uh, it's a double-edged sword where, uh, Every every town has like probably at least one, maybe two or three fucking Facebook groups that right. are like like just the fucking locals all getting together and talking about you know I'm in yes. one for my town where it's like hey can anyone recommend a, a roofer uh, whatever like and nothing fucking weird I'm very irritated <laughs> yeah I'm actually pursuing this as a side project of like trying to find the weird in my fucking community, which has right. no weird. Um, that you know of. I bet you're wrong right, about that. Exactly. I bet That's it does. Point, yeah. <laughs> but it has no, it has no fucking paranormal lore whatsoever. Yeah. So it's like, all right, dude, this is bullshit. Uh, Cause this is like a 200 year old town. Um, but yeah, it's so in these, but in these groups, you, you will see people like that's kind of as the news guy for coast coast. That's where I hear a, a local media outlet will get it from the fucking Facebook group. Right. You know, and then I'll find out about it. Cause I can't yeah. get into, you know, some random suburban, um, you know, Nebraskan towns, fucking Facebook. You know what I mean? I mean yeah. That would yeah. be a great way to get information. That is, if I could pull I never all thought that. about that. Yeah. I'm going to, that's but, a great idea. You just gave me such a good lead though. That's awesome. I'm actually going to look into some of these. Yeah, small town of, yeah. Where people are like, Hey, my trail cam picked up a picture of this. And, Next thing I know, like some local right. reedy outlet will get it because someone mm-hmm. from the Facebook group will send it to the TV station or whatever. So, but I'll, I'm 100% doing that. There you go. That's a great tip. Thank you. Well, my, well my see, that's like, big for me. Look what came out of this. See, there you go. I got to run yeah. to the bathroom and then we'll, okay. head to the, we'll head to the end. I'll vamp. All right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. You're listening to Banal of America right now. Tim is using the restroom really quick. Uh, so... I just thought I'd take this time to say, uh, how about Tim? What a guy, right? We love him. We love him. We've been listening to his show for a long time. I'm sure there are some old fans listening right now who are super psyched the show's back. So let's encourage Tim by reaching out, commenting, liking, and subscribing to his show, and keep on encouraging him to do more, 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 because having Tim Banal putting out content into the community, and I actually hate the word content, but I'm going to say it anyway. Putting content out into the community makes the community stronger and better. This has been a message brought to you by Steve Berg of High Strangeness, longtime Timpanol fan and friend. Uh, that's the end of that rant. What else? Um, you know what I've been doing lately? So sometimes you'll make spaghetti sauce, right? And you'll have a little leftover. I usually like to make a little leftover because it's nice to have sauce on hand. But instead of like using a noodle, you can use couscous, like not the pearled couscous, not the like the bigger bigger ones, but the little tiny couscous. One, it's very economical. Two, it takes five minutes to make, and it's almost like a risotto, and it's just a quick risotto because risotto takes about twenty five minutes, and you have to have a certain kind of rice and broth and whatnot. But highly recommend for your leftover sauce usage. Could be pesto too. Go with couscous. Now I had my headphones in when I went out to the bathroom, so I heard that. I heard that. That yeah, bit. see, I loved it. That, yeah, you I don't. Love how you, how, like, 
You're like, please, just everyone, just encourage him. Let's just get, let's just keep him going. Come on. No, guys. but I mean, like, <laughs> look, I wish people, you know, like everyone needs a little encouragement, man. Sometimes you feel like you're talking to, out, out into the void. Yeah, for sure. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But, but you it's nice keep, to hear keep from people. Yeah, keep that on. That's a, that's a little commercial. <laughs> I will. I yeah. should do all your commercial breaks. There you go. Yeah. Well, I just, I, I'm just excited for you. Thanks, bud. To, to watch you and to see where you're going. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, I knew Josh Cutchin back when he only had the one book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I, mean, I met I'm... Josh, I'll embarrass him here. When I met Josh Cutchin at the first Paramania, it was such a – and people listening are like, what the fuck is this par- – don't worry about it. <laughs> Look it up. Look it up. Yeah, yeah. If you can find any information, we've failed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so he – so it was a great weekend, magical weekend. And uh, everyone kind of said goodbye the last Sunday night, and I go outside to have a cigarette, and Kutch comes out. He was smoking back then. And the the poor lad, he had tears in his eyes. He had tears yeah. in his eyes from how much fun he had that weekend and how, how, much, how, how great the connections were and how much he was going to, you know, miss all of us and everything. And so, you know, Beautiful. that's, yeah. That guy wears his heart on his sleeve. I I can sympathize in the same way. I'm a very emotional I person, am too. and uh, I really am too. Yeah. So I I mean I feel the same way. I, I know what he I know I know what he I know what he's, he 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 meant. I mean like I feel I felt the same way when I was at the first one. Probably more so last summer because you know when I was in the L A one I was working on something so I could only show up for like a, like that night I think night, to have yeah, drinks yeah. with you guys although we we did it right we went late the <laughs> night uh yeah. but last year it was so meaningful and memorable just to like obviously we were seeing cool stuff we're in Point Pleasant it's amazing it was like a pilgrimage it really was it funny. was you know I and it was but just the group of people was so amazing and like we were talking about making these connections when you have this kind of niche interest in life yeah you know I I would imagine it's something like when you know when I see people going to like my little pony or weird like conventions and people make fun of them. I'm like, man, screw you, dude. They, they've found community and can be themselves for one weekend a year right, where they're right. around these like-minded people where they don't have to explain themselves. And they're talking about people get the references. That is a, is a wonderful feeling to have. And that I want that feeling for everyone. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, well, that, just, that's, just, just to pull back the curtain a little bit to sort of pivot into an encouraging thing where it's like, for the people who don't know, Paramania is sort of like this get together among a group of us who are old friends now, and it's like it's really kind of like a family reunion. It's kind of like the movie Tag. It is. It is. It's not so, dissimilar. Yeah. So it's but so that's kind of like so it's it's sort of like a family reunion. We all get together every year. People who can come can come. It's sort of like uh, it's very loose and and, and that sort of way. Um, but I guess the point being that like everyone, I encourage everyone to try this. Yeah. Like. You don't necessarily don't follow our band of freaks along because we've been doing this for so long. We have all these in jokes. We, yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, it's just kind of yeah. like we're ingrained. Um, but get, you know, grab like two or three of your friends from online. Yeah. Um, you know, like up, you know, I wouldn't suggest going any higher than like, you know, a dozen people, fifteen people, yeah. or whatever, and and uh, and fucking be like, look at this is what we did, folks. We went out to Charleston, West Virginia, an hour in one direction is Mothman, an hour in the other direction is Flatwoods. There's nothing fucking stopping you right now yep. from calling up like three or four of your friends and going, hey, 
next May, let's do this. Absolutely. And you'll have the fucking best weekend of your life. You Absolutely. Really I mean, even an, a, another easy way to do it too, if like, like, is like to pick a small festival or conference. Right, exactly. Like a yeah. Van Meter or a Whitehall and say like, hey, if you're in this area, maybe we could figure out a way to road trip or I'll meet up here. These things are usually, if you're not, unless you're going to like, you know, UFO Congress or like, you know, one of those in like Laughlin. Well, those are very expensive. And like right, right. all of a sudden you're now like up to like a $1,500 weekend. And that's yeah, affordable yeah, for yeah. most. But these small conferences, if you're willing to split the gas, make food at your Airbnb, you can do it for really cheap and have yeah. one of the best weekends of your life. So like, yes, you're saying. I mean, like, when I met this, these, those, the people, this guy and the girl who had never met each other in person, but have been friends yeah, for 10 years this, yeah. through this community, and they did this magical four-day road trip together. And I, I, like, almost started crying. I was like, this is the most beautiful thing ever. I love you guys. Like, I was so, like, excited for them. Yeah. So people should do that. I mean, I think that get, getting out there and seeing this stuff is, like, in addition to, like, what Steve's talking about, about just talking to people. Oh. Like, getting out there and seeing shit is, uh, you know, just an experience. It is. You, like no other. It's a one-of-a-kind, really, experience. It is. It is. And, and like, you know, I, I hear so many people say they've been priced out of fun. And I right. hear them. And in a large respect, they have. But yeah. if you are into this stuff, if you're lucky enough to have an interest in this stuff, there are ways to have unbelievably meaningful, wonderful like trips for dirt cheap. And I mean it. Right. Like, exactly. Cause no, he, yeah. even the, even, even as an adult, like I don't like to spend much money. You don't need no. to spend much money to have a great time. So like, right, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like, Oh man, it's great. I love it. Adventure people. Yeah. Adventure yeah. keeps you young. Yeah, exactly. Like, look, you could, we always try to do it. I wouldn't say all the cheap, but certainly like, so it's affordable for everybody. Cause yeah, I don't it's not fly out and everything. It's like, we're just going to get it a best Western that's, yeah. you don't need, you know, we're not going to stay at the highest. Like, no. <laughs> well, if you're hanging at the hotel, like all day, then you're doing it wrong. You know? So right, the right. whole point is like the hotel is a place to crash and a place to like drink beer at the end of the night. Exactly. So now on that note, you're going to be, we're going to be drinking beer at the end of the night. Uh, oh yeah. In the first weekend of November. Yeah. We should talk about realities. this. We should talk yeah. about this. Yeah, so anyone listening who's like, well, I wanted to be a part of that Paramanian, Cuts was saying, this, it, and I said on the Conspiracy Normally tonight, it's becoming sort of its own version of that as the it years is. go by and more interesting things happen and people, it is. you know, like a, a Nashville-based gathering, a family, a group of people sort of growing together. Uh, it, it is. It's like, okay, so, you know, Adam Sane and Sirfield Stevens, who host uh, Conspiracy Normal, for anyone you don't know, they put on this yes. great annual which in my opinion is at least for the kind of people I want to see speak the best all year. It's a long. fantastic conference. It is. It's so much work and thought into it. Kind of like we were talking about the building of the podcast playlist. It's like, they really put it, this together with an eye on. It like, is. Ooh, and the, and the speakers are just like, I don't think there is a conference, at least for what I'm into. Obviously everyone's opinion is different for, but for what I'm into and how I like to, uh, you know, take in the phenomenon. These are the group of people I want to hear talk about it so much. So it's always like the greatest lineup. You can find it online. Timothy, Timothy, I just called you. Timothy, oh. <laughs> Timothy no, Tim Banal is one of the speakers. He killed it last year. 
was so so great. Uh, I was. Oh, uh, I'm going to be were awesome too. That was your debut, I think. I that was the first time I ever done it. I was super oh, nervous. Wow, okay. Yeah, I messed up in a lot of ways, but it was so fun. I thought you did great. I Thanks, you bud. Did great. Thanks, bud. I'm hard on myself, but uh, this year I think uh, they, you know, they've asked me to be the MC. So it is going to be a high energy paranormal party. I think y'all should come. And if you cannot make it, you can uh, buy tickets virtually, which is actually wonderful. I did that the first year, and I had a great weekend. I yeah. honestly just sat around drinking beer and eating popcorn and pizza, like watching. <laughs> I had a great time. Uh, but if you can be there in person, you really should. Online, you can find the hotel that we're all staying at. So the wonderful thing about that is, like, if you stay at the Speaker's Hotel, we, like, drink beer in the parking lot pretty late yeah. at night. It's it's honestly the best part. It's it's not the best part, but it's, like, so fun. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's like tailgating. It's, it is. It's tailgating, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah, it's really fun. And uh, we, we, did a, we did a whole conspiracy normal the other night about it. But, yeah, it's for the phenomenarchal listeners who aren't. Uh, who didn't hear that? It's like my, I, it's really so much fun, and I highly encourage people to check it out. Uh, I think it's strangerealitiesconference.com is the website. What are the so dates you, again? We should announce them, but I'm afraid I'll say the wrong dates. Let me get it on my phone. All right, Tim. First, Tim Tim's fine on the phone. I, I'll, the first uh, weekend in November. So. While Tim's fine on the phone, I'd like to sing a bar of a song that you'll all oh. recognize. There you go. <laughs> That was pretty good, right? That was excellent. I've been working on it for 10 years. Thank you. (laughs) So it's going to be November 3rd and uh, 3rd, 4th, and 5th. The 3rd is just the Friday night. Um, I think Serpio might be starting the night, and I know I'm going to be closing the night with what I hope it's getting closer to getting closer to fruition so yeah baby. Uh, this no this idea that i'm cooking up good good yeah so it's I, i'm now that i'm back from whitehall i can really dive in and be like all right this is this possible or not it's um fun. yeah so that'll be third that'll be november 3rd the night so the people who are like well i don't it's that just that evening yeah then the next day the fourth is uh all day with a whole ton of speakers um so many josh kachin kiki jombrowski um Tobias Whalen's going to be there. So many people. It's great. Um, yeah, I'm not doing a proper job of promoting this. I'm not either. That's, yeah. We're doing our best, though. That's all we can do, Tim. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then on the 5th, the Sunday, the 5th, it's all virtual. Um, so if you're tuning in from home, you get, like, an extra day, essentially. Yeah, it's uh, great. So it's – and it's that's, like, um, I want to say Michael Hughes is one of the folks. Aaron Gullius is one of the folks. Chris um, Ernst. Love that guy. Ernst, yeah. Um, I think Soraya, Ascat, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, the guy, Rex Luce, is going to be speaking on the Saturday. Yeah, yeah, now they're starting to come to me a little more. But, um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's and it's awesome. And I it, like uh, like Steve and I were kind of saying, too, it's, if you can drive to Nashville, like, I mean, fuck, Hutch is driving to Nashville from Atlanta. So, it's like yeah. he's, you know, I'm not recommend, I'm not suggesting that he'll pick you up. But... <laughs> Josh will rent a passenger van and grab you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna call it after the after the show airs. Be like, Cox, look, we need to like just stop in like five. Yeah. Oh man. And there, and then obviously, if you've been to Nashville, you know that Nashville is a, such a great city. There's so much to do, great food, great drink, and also some cool paranormal stuff to go check out. So, yeah, I highly recommend it. I if it was me, I would fly in Thursday so you could just wake up and be there uh, and not have to stress it. 
And then, you know, you fly home that Monday. So, I mean, it's going to be a really great weekend. And if you go on strangerealities.com, you can find all the information for hotels and all that good stuff and schedule. So, check it out, folks. Yeah. And if you can't, like I said, like we were saying, if you can't make it out there, get the online version. It's really, I got to credit them. They do a fantastic job of of sort of of the whole logistics of it. Yeah. It's very professional and. Um, as I joked with them the other night, it's, uh, it's intense. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to, I, I saw you did some Facebook. I don't know if you pre-recorded those videos over the weekend or if you were live or whatever. I was live. Uh, oh, I was, yeah, I, I did that when I was there at Van Meter. Right, right. I did a couple at, 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 uh, Whitehall and it was like, it's just, uh, just alone, just doing that alone is like, I don't even know if this video's coming in right now. Like, <laughs> I don't either. Like, I, like, I have, like, a one bar. I hope I know. didn't even see this. Am I even holding the fucking camera right? Am I rumbling around I too much? I'm scanning around too. It's like, so, um, you know, doing all that shit live is, like, intense, especially when you're putting on a conference like that. So, yeah. to that, for them, and they do it really flawlessly, so. They do. Um, hats off to them. It's, it's a great production. Stressful. Yeah. Um. All right, so yeah, we're going to be at Strange Realities Conference. Uh, I think it's strangerealitiesconference.com or strangerealities.com, one or the other. Just punch in Strange Realities Conference in the Google. And, you'll, or, get uh, You'll get it. You'll get it. She'll come up. There you go. And High Strangeness is the podcast. Yeah, uh, it is. You can find it on the old Apple, the old Spotify, and probably some other places, I am guessing. <laughs> and I'm sure you have like uh, like a whole list of people you want to talk to. So it's I do. Right. I have my list is is gigantic. So like yeah. I, I feel like people are like won't you run out of people to talk to? I'm like never ever. And also right, I right. feel like having people back on is very fun because like I mean I can't you can't get the whole Tim Benal picture in one episode. So you know <laughs> Tim will have to be a regular on there. So find out what he's up to. He's always doing cool stuff. So. I'd be happy to, yeah. Of course. Yeah. And, yeah. So, I'm really, yeah. And the website, we don't necessarily have a website yet. That so. is coming. I am actually just found somebody to build it for me. I don't know how to do that stuff, but I have some pretty right. lofty plans for it where a lot yeah, of my videos will go on there or, like, other interviews I've done and even, like, news about what I'm doing, you know, show like, comedy and, like, things I have coming out maybe in the TV if the strike ever ends. And yeah. it'll just be all the Steve Berg news you can handle. Well, it's really funny, and I kind of avoided it, and we won't even really get into it now because we're wrapping the show up. But like, you're not an actor, dude, on here. Like, no, it's, you're it's part so of the great. paranormal. It's, it feels it's so good. Paranormal guy, yours, your whatever you do in your day in your whatever your matter. day job is. Yeah, you could be it like a, like an accountant, or you you know uh, like um, a dental assistant, or whatever. Yeah. It's like. That's that's none of my business. I don't really care what you're doing in your day. I, I don't either. Well, I mean, like, talking about people's work after a certain point, no matter what you do, is boring. You know, like, <laughs> it's like, right, it's, right. I, I, you, it's more interesting to talk about what they're interested in life. Because it's like, I am very grateful to be an actor. It's, it is, I guess, neat. Oh, it's I, super cool. I it's cool. Like, when but I like, hang out with Steve, I do bust I do bust out all these questions about Yeah, and you know, like, I'm, like I'm, a, I'm aware <laughs> of, like, how that is perceived to be as, like, a neat job. But to me, it is totally just a job, and my real interest in life is this stuff. So, like, yeah, if so, my podcast would pay me like acting did, I would just do that. I, I, I like yeah, it more. No, I At this exactly, point, I yeah. like it more. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, though. <laughs> I just That's pay for right. it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's hard out there. It's hard, and that's fine. That's fine. I, mean, I, I'm, you know, if my intentions were purely financial, I would be doing it in a di- very different way. So, 
No, exactly. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Um, yeah, and once it becomes, I mean, look, I, I have a job. Obviously, I work in the paranormal, so it's like it's it, it changes the tenor of the whole thing in a way. So yeah. you get kind yeah. of like, I felt like it's increased my cynicism by tenfold uh, yeah. covering this. The nice thing is, though, man, because, like, I do feel like at the end of the day, like, we're all sort of talking to the same people and sort of talking about the same stuff. But yeah. what differentiates it is, like, the personality of the host right. a lot of times. Not all the time, but some of the times. And for you, like, obviously, you had so many great guests, and that's kind of how I found you. But eventually, I was listening because I liked Tim Banal as a host, you know? So, like, oh, thanks, and, and that's why I feel like, you know, like we say, a rising tide lifts all ships. There's no competition in this stuff to me. Like, right, I, no, listen, I listen yeah. to so many podcasts, and they're all about this stuff, you know? Like, mm-hmm. And I and and we'll all we'll all eventually talk to the same person about the same stuff, but different questions and a different, different conversation. It's a yeah. different conversation, and that's what yeah. it's all about. So, exactly. Well, I'll just say, Steve, the paranormal's better with you in it. Oh, uh, buddy, and thank you. I mean that. And thank uh, you, dude. Yeah, I appreciate I, that. I was really, I was excited and happy and thrilled because it was like you were always kind of. Had, like he was just a fan really and it was like Steve, totally. i wish he would get more involved in all this because yeah. he has so much to offer and what i like about you is we kind of had similar paths in a way i may have said this on your show but it's like we spent a lot of time taking all this shit in before we started talking for sure and then it was like so we actually kind of knew what we were talking about yeah and I, yeah. I, that's you know it's it 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 even like we talk about kind of like the coverage of the UFOs and stuff. And it's just like, you just see some of the things it's like, these people haven't been around for just like these people. I've seen people come up with books now about right. like the UFO phenomenon, American UFO interest and stuff. And it's uh-huh. like, you haven't been around, man. You don't know. Like, how <laughs> you kinda, yeah. And, yeah. And, they'll, and they'll find out, you know? And so, and, and that journey will hopefully be interesting too of how, you know, but like, right. Yeah, it is one of these things where you people are like, God, this guy Richard Doty knows everything. He's saying some really wild stuff that has to be right, true. Right. I mean, I, I'm always like, I don't even like say anything anymore. I'm just like, okay, well, have fun with that. You'll learn eventually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you should probably read a book called Saucer Spooks and Kooks, and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, there was a whole kerfluffle like a couple of years ago about Emma Woods, and people were like, I'm just hearing about this Emma Woods thing. It's very distressing. Yeah, oh, it's like, boy. oh, you weren't around for that 15 yeah. years ago when it was the big scandal so yeah like, yeah oh, wow. and, and it's not their fault you know it's obviously just like no, it's and, not their fault. yeah but yeah you do want to warn people because I, I mean i was warned i mean like especially when i was you know first like dipping my toe and commenting on your show and being on your sh- you know like there was a lot of things that i thought were very valid to look into that i found oh, yeah, were complete sure. you know dog shit <laughs> and, yeah, like, yeah. and i was so grateful to be pointed in the right direction so yeah, no, I remember when I first got into this because I was, like, out of it for a long time when I was in college, and I got out of college, I got looked back into it, and I'm like, boy, these UFO people are really on the ball right now. It sounds like <laughs> they're really – sounds like in the time I haven't looked into this topic, sounds like they've really made some progress, and this is going to break open any day now. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, surely the people – I didn't – I never really looked into it, so surely these people looking for Bigfoot must be getting close to finding it, and it's like – Oh, uh, man, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. Look, when the Serpo story came out, I didn't believe it. But I was following it like, well, this might be true. I don't know. But you right, know, like, right. so yeah, it's it's fun to like look back and see like what you thought ten years ago. And you're like, wow. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's <laughs> really cool. 
Well, I've been with you all night, but uh, yeah, buddy. You know, oh, it was it, so fun. Yeah. This was a blast. I really appreciate it. And like I said, folks, if not for Steve, you wouldn't be here in the, the show right now. He really has been so encouraging to get the All of America back up and running, and uh, uh, I'm having a blast doing it. And, and I'm I'm really I'm looking forward to sort of taking it in different directions. And I'm I'm like I said, I'm so I'm loving what you're doing. So I'm, Thanks, I'm like following your your stuff and and yeah, I, well, I, I, there's just so much. I can just see it kind of like blossoming already, and it's like, as I said, the paranormal's better with Steve Berg in it. Thanks, dude. Really well, yeah, join, I'm, join well, us at the party. It's been a well. It's been so far. It's been everyone's been very welcoming. So it, it really is uh, heartening because uh, at first I was pretty sure I was just gonna be like talking into an empty void, but like that people are like you know listening and getting something out of it really means a lot to me. So and you know, luckily everyone I've asked has said yes to be on my yeah. show. So I haven't got any no's yet, which is shocking to me. But uh, yeah, I, and, you know, it's crazy. I look back at who I've already talked to. I'm like, oh my God, I, like half these people are like my heroes. And like, <laughs> all I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm like starstruck on these little Zoom calls, you know? So yeah, man, it's been great. Thank you so much. And thank you for your support and being on the show and for all the future appearances you'll do on the show. Tim and I, Absolutely. by the way, I'm going to tease this. Tim and I are going to do a Christmas special this yes. year that you won't want to miss. So and look, I yeah, I think, like I said, Steve getting mixed up in all this is uh, I I'm so happy about it, and uh, because that means we're closer to the fucking movie where we go and try and find the portal. Absolutely, dude. Well, that's God, not actually going to happen. Man, we should have talked about that tonight. Oh. Well, well that... I'll I'll okay. I'll say this just because the the what I said at the beginning, I was like Steve's number two on the list. Number one on the list is Adam fucking Davies. Absolutely. Find out, get an update on the book. You board. have got to. So, I mean, like, I want to. that was like, for you. That was on my call. Yeah, Tim, <laughs> I mean, like, funny. honestly, like, if you don't do this, I, I feel like we can't be friends anymore. Like, I, 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 you need to have Beck on because that is, guys, if you have not heard the Adam Davies. The Portal episode. Portal episode. Is, well, there's two of them. One with John Carlson and Adam. Yeah. And then there's a follow-up a year later with Adam Davies. Which they're both equally very important. And listen to them in order, I would recommend. It is the most wonderful, modern, high strange case, probably that I've ever heard. It's pretty spectacular. It is so wild. I mean, and I think I, because you've listened to the show for a long time, it, when you tell people the story, I found they look at it with a certain air of like skepticism, understandably so. Of course. But when the people who heard it on Banal of America, when it aired, they were informed by years of Adam uh-huh. Davies as this rather button-down kind of like by-the-book. Total um, flesh-and-blood guy, yeah, not into the woo at all. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, like, I'm a true weirdo. I love the wooey, wooey, weird, abstract, like, absurd yeah. nonsense. He is not that guy. He's like, an, right. I mean, you know, like he's out there in jungles looking for evidence of these, you know, cryptids, not like a weirdo, but his experience is as weird as it gets. Yeah. And in no way did he like pivot to weird because he, no, like, no, he, he stepped was, away. It seems like, yeah, he yeah. did your show and didn't really talk about it again. Trust me. Yeah. I looked. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we're going to, we're hoping to get him on. We're working through the scheduling and all that. So, uh, but yeah, that's, you know, so I don't know. We got off on another tangent. I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm... No, no, no. It's perfectly fine. So, yeah. So this is just the – I would say this is the beginning, but the beginning was a while ago. This is – you're now in the, <laughs> in the percolating phase of whatever the fuck Steve and I eventually 
put together and co-produce and, yep. and raise a ruckus on Absolutely. in some form or fashion. I have a feeling, but who knows? Yeah, it'll you know. happen. <laughs> but anyway, thank you for everything, man. I really do appreciate it. Um, you just, you like I said, you it sounds so cheesy, but like, yeah, you really kind of like put the wind in my sails on on getting the show going. I was going to say wind beneath my wings. I, I am. Well, go, let's go ahead and like say what it is. I am the wind beneath your wings. You are the wind beneath the wings and now of the I'm revival. Fly, fly. <laughs> great song, great movie. I'm not there afraid to say I like beaches. Oh, man. All right. On that note, thank you, thank you, thank you, man. And uh, folks, go listen to High Strangeness after you finish this. Get it, put it in your thing, and and add thing. it to your rotation. Yeah, it's fantastic. It really is a great show. And Steve, uh, you know, he's been listening to my show forever. He's been listening to Greg's show forever. He's you know, listened to a lot of great shows forever, and so he he knows how to do a show. That was, mm-hmm. I mean, I get that's probably the highest compliment I can give. Thank away. you, like, thank you. After I did your show, I was like, all right, Steve. Steve knows what he's doing. That was a really good. Show. Uh, thanks, man. I'm in a, you know, it's a work in progress. I'm learning as I go. So it's fun. That's how we were. So yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you very much, brother. Thank Love you, me. buddy. Talk soon, man. All right.